When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! Welcome to Knife Talk. How are you? This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, all he is. My name is Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm fortunate enough to be in quarantine, but talking to other people from via computer, talking to Craig Lockwood at Chop Knives and Bladesmith Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts. Ah, it's been quite a week. How's everybody? Still alive. Still alive. Still alive. That's Just it. That's what you got to do. <laughs> it's Mareko, been a long, how are long week. You? How are you, Mike? I'm sorry for interrupting you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, this last week, uh, I started the Forged in Place videos. Uh, took a bunch of video, but uh, man, yeah, Craig definitely knows. Putting out content uh, is time consuming, uh, especially for YouTube. So I think I'm going to start mixing it up a little bit because, you know, I've been talking about doing this for a while. And so I think I'm going to, I'm going to have some stuff on Instagram and then more in depth stuff on YouTube, just cause that's seems what makes sense is shorter, shorter form stuff on Instagram and, and longer form over on YouTube. Um, but other than that, it's going well, uh, everybody's staying healthy. Everybody's staying, uh, you know, in, in our family and extended families doing well. Um, I'm trying to think what else has been going on. That's basically it. Just been, wow. just been at home. Mm-hmm. Just been doing the family thing a lot more, mm-hmm. and uh, and everyone's going crazy. Everyone's getting uh, tired, not, crazy. Not too bad, except for uh, I was talking about my son and sleep regression, and I guess he is uh, he's phasing out naps is what he's doing kind of right now. Sweet, which is uh, really a lot of fun. Because <laughs> it's actually not a lot of fun, and uh, he just, yeah, he's just trying to phase them out, and it's a, it's a whole new learning curve for us, trying to figure out how to preoccupy his time and still give him quiet time in the middle of the day where his nap used to be, so we can still kind of try to get shit, some shit done during the day. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's been a, a slight battle because he's also super exhausted all the time now, and it's just especially towards the end of the day. Cranky just time, a ba- yeah. Cranky battle, <laughs> battle time, and it's like, dude, you just need to shut your cranky. shut your eyes, stop moving, <laughs> and pass the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, 
do it. <laughs> so. Craig, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I can't complain. It's just been a terribly long week. We are, yeah. what, six weeks in now of basically being in the house nonstop. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't complain. People have it far worse, but yeah, it's it's, it's draining on me now. Um, uh, regards to work, um, not really got any output this week. Um, regards to knives, um, but what I have done is completely disassembled really the the workshop and trying to put everything back together in a more logical way. Um, it's it's quite a small space I've got here, so I'd say it's probably you guys think in feet, so probably about twenty by fifteen feet. You know, it's pretty small. Um, but what oh, I've well, well, what I've managed to do w- within that space is have my main sort of workshop area. Um, I've now got like a separate grinding room, all within this twenty by fifteen a grinding room, and this this separate studio here for the podcast and for making music and so on. So everything needs to have a space, you know. And before before this week, everything was just all over the place. That, you know, stuff would be getting dirty that shouldn't be getting dirty, and so on. So I, yeah, I've sorted everything. So now I've got a sort of a dedicated sort of electronics area as well, which is kept clean, and I'll use that for glue ups as well. Um, and you know, a sanding area which is closer to the grinding room, so easy to sweep up and so on. So yeah, just getting everything in order really, and just making it a nicer place to spend time, um, ready for when. Um, I can get supplies in and start making knives again. Really, it's 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 a really weird one, but um, yeah. Kudos for you for being in that French article. That was a good picture of you. Oh, oh gee, yeah, I didn't know that was happening. That was a case of. Can I just take a quick picture? Like, yeah, sure, go for it. And yeah, you sucked it you in. Was... You sucked it in when he said cheese. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you, you sucked it in good. <laughs> but I, good. I didn't know it was going to be sort of um, in the in the newspapers and so on. So I was just on Facebook one day, and it was a picture of me. I was like, "What the hell?" And it was yeah, it was the the local news agency, and they they put that out all over France. Then it was quite a big thing. So uh, I had a few calls about that oh. and so on. So yeah, it was quite interesting because I don't speak very good French. So, um, yeah. It, it was well, fun. that was pretty cool. It was super cool. And, it, you know, it's the sucky part, is I'd imagine, is because, you know, the last episode you said that, you know, there's no more mail. Mm. So you're probably exhausted from supplies. I mean, you can't really get more supplies in to make more masks. If, if you, well, this is the first time you're listening, Craig, Craig was making, uh, with his 3D printer, he was making face shields and he was going donating it to the local first responders or first uh, frontline workers, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I did actually run out of, of filament, which is the, the plastic that you used right. to, to 3D print with on sort of Wednesday, Thursday. Um, but I have got some coming tomorrow. Um, oh, there you go. So, yeah, somebody has privately sent it um, via sort of a private courier. Um, so that's coming my way because I mean, here, even, even Amazon now are not delivering, you know, it's, it's crazy. But oh. um, I've got some coming tomorrow, which is good. Um, so that's it really was sort of work wise. It was just tidying everything up. Um, but I, I did go shopping yesterday. I, I yeah. went out cause we, our sort of weekly grocery shop, you know, we yeah. tried to try only do it once a week. Um, so I went out on my own, you know, mask, gloves, the, the whole, mm. the whole works. And, um, I found it really weird driving cause I haven't driven for so long. My spatial awareness was all over the place. It was yeah. it's like I'd had a few drinks. Or I'd, right. know, I'd just learned to drive. It was just weird. Oh, Everything wow. felt strange. So I think as people start crawling out of their houses and get out and about, I think uh, the accident, the tra- traffic accidents are going to be uh, through the roof maybe because I just wasn't used to it. Really weird feeling. How stressful is it for you when you go shopping? Oh, a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. 
because there's the whole language barrier, first of all, you know, and and the French are known not to have sort of gentle voices. They, if they think you're doing something wrong, they're just shouting at you. And when you don't understand... Hey, fuck face. Yeah. Take, my, take your hands off my cucumber. <laughs> hey, I've just mastered that sort of... The, the, that, that French shrug now. Like, but, but for me, it's because... For me, it's because I don't know what don't know what what they're on about, but um, it is stressful. So yeah, yeah, you you know, you're making sure that you know if you've got your gloves on, you take your gloves off before you get into the car. Then you're thinking, do I get the keys out first? And everything's playing on your mind. And it's you know, even just opening that the front door to go out, it's almost like in your head you're playing out as if it's you know something like uh, some zombie apocalypse out there. You know, you know, you take a deep breath, open the door, get into your car, and it's it's just a a really weird mindset, but. yeah, I, I just found driving very, very strange. And I, oh. Time it's a supermarket. is strange. I find myself sitting in, the, like, I do the shopping for my house and my mother. Yeah. So when I get to the, the shop, the supermarket, I mean, I sit in the car for a good five minutes to just psych myself up. Mm, yeah. You yeah. know? And I talk yeah. to the butcher. I'm, I'm friendly with the butcher, and I ask him how he's doing, and... You know, things are starting to come back and they're starting to see more toilet paper and paper towels and stuff, but I'm fucking, str- I'm fucking stressed out. And I don't know what they must have changed the light bulbs or something because now all of a sudden I'm, in my mind, I think I see fucking virus everywhere. It's just like, <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. And people are, you know, panicked, but they're not. I'm noticing this particular week, I'm noticing people aren't as, the only thing people are buying a lot of is water bottles. Really and right. and it yeah sealed bottles. It's people buying lots of cases of sealed bottles, and this is actually going back to what you were saying in regards to the three D printer. And I would think that this would be a good idea for the future. Is when are they going to figure out a way that you can have a machine in your house that you can put your recycling in it, and it makes you filament for your fucking three D printer? You can, yeah, people. Do oh, you that can. Already. Yes, yeah, people already right, do well, that. Yeah, there you go. Um, cease and desist letters are coming to me right now (laughs) the main the main thing with that is we have different types of plastics there's there's ptg there's abs there's pla and it's making sure you sort it all first right um and most plastics have a stamp on them saying what type of plastic it is but you know sometimes they don't and then if you're not using the correct plastic at the right temperatures it can be difficult so yeah it's it's a bit more of a specialist thing at the moment but yeah i i think that's going to be coming and what you know not even just for 3d printing just generally people having their own sort of recycling um plants in their house you know um i mean it's, it seems I, like especially in situations like this that would be a great way to do your own recycling yeah i mean i've talked in the past about um precious plastics so a company who um that, that's how i started doing the, the recycle handles and stuff i following these guys and uh, funny enough Morocco sent me something this week where somebody set up a uh, a bike you know a push bike and they set up a little recycling plant on the back of their bike so they can go places, recycle the plastic there, and, and reuse it, and so on. Yeah, I think that's going to become very commonplace within within just a matter of years. I think because it's it's far simpler than people think, um, and you know, pl- plastic isn't people people sneer at plastic as if it's it's a really bad thing. But I think if 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 it can be reused, it's 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 good for the planet. It's it's you know it's completely sustainable. Reusing something over and over again, yeah, it's 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 a good thing. So yeah, well, I, think I, I would imagine. The petroleum involved in making it is kind of where things get, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a very high carbon footprint, I'd imagine. Yeah, but we are seeing plastics that are coming now with um, uh, bioresins instead of petroleum. Um, so they they act like plastic, but they're, they're, there's no uh, petroleum base to it. Hmm. They're using bioresins hmm. from plants and so on. So, yeah, sure. all interesting stuff. 
Very good. So what about you, Jeff? How was your big week been? Low lows, high highs, and back down to low lows. And I'm right down the middle. That's the only way you can go is you can't get too happy. You can't get too sad. You got to keep it right down the middle like a true sociopath. You got to, I mean, there's only one way to go. <laughs> so last we spoke, um, I was waiting for the results. I, my daughter and I got tested for the coronavirus uh, two Thursdays ago. So they said th- they said that it could be the results could come in seventy two hours to five days or whatever. So <clears throat> my daughter and I are waiting, and my wife was waiting. And the following Monday, my wife is feeling good enough that she decided we made this decision that we were going to wait until the results come in in regards to whether or not <clears throat> she should be- come out of her own isolation out of out of the third floor. It was really like it was like the debate of debates. It was just incredible. Um, so she would wake up, take a shower, I'd clean the bathroom, and then she'd run out the front door with a mask on, go to work with a mask on all day, come back. She's starting to get those marks on her face from wearing masks all day. She feels pretty good because you don't know if she's still shedding or not. So, and then she comes home right into the shower. I re-disinfect the whole bathroom. She goes back to the third floor. So we're just like, well, when we get the results back, hopefully if if we you know whatever comes back we'll at least decide whether or not she's going to come out of out of isolation and if we are positive she can come out of isolation and we can just be all you know you know coveted up together so um monday passes tuesday passes wednesday passes and then we're just like six days gonna take six days we call in every day and they would we talk to somebody that so you the results are still pending and I asked somebody, I said, is it strange that it should take this long? And they said, well, most of our labs, because every different um, every different hospital is using different labs. They're being take, the labs are being taken over by the state. And it's just because of the onslaught of, of testing, it just very it just bogs everybody down. They're running tests, yeah. you know, 24-7. So then Thursday, <clears throat> I finally get a few calls from the Department of Health, and, um, and I'm ready. I'm, I get, I'm getting the the phone rings. I pick up the phone. This is the, you know, Westchester Department of Health. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, okay, great. I'm going to get my results from me and my daughter. <laughs> and so, so the woman says, can I ask you a few questions for, you know, for our, yeah, of course, let's go, of course. What's your ethnicity? I said, I'm white. Well, what? No, first she says, I'm sorry. She says, what's your race? And I said, I'm white. And she said, what's your ethnicity? I said, I'm white. I'm from New York City. I'm white from Europe and New York City. And then, and then she says, well, what's your occupation? And I, and I, I don't like to, you know, when you start saying, you know, I'm a knife maker, it just gets, it just, you know, you know how it goes. And where's the relevance too? That's, that's a weird one. I, this is all data. So I said, yeah. I said, I, I just figured I should go with, I mean, my grandfather was a cellist in the New York Philharmonic and he got so sick of telling people what he did. He started telling people he was a chicken farmer and <laughs> no one would want to talk to him. <laughs> so, so I said, I have a small business and she goes, oh yeah, what's a small business? And I said, and I just like, you know, looked down the ground, I'm a, I'm a knife maker. And I swear to God, I swear on the life of my children, this is what she said. Oh, have you been on that television show? <laughs> and I, before she had a chance to say Forge and Fire, I said, Madam, may I please have my results <laughs> to, this, to the test? I'm waiting seven days. I'm not talking about Forge and Fire. I swear <laughs> to you, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Do you want to hear the results? Well, first of all, let's take a step back. What, Go ahead. What did you want result-wise? Because it's a bit of a strange it, one, isn't it? Well, your it wife had it and it well, was... Well, yeah. here's, here, here's the thing. 
if if we have it, then Hillary can come out of isolation. Yeah. If we don't have it, she was going to stay in isolation for a while. It didn't really matter. I mean, both times it didn't really It's just the whole thing's super stressful. So it's like, you know, I, I we... I, I guess part of us kind of hope we had it just because, you know, three weeks of her being on the third floor and serving her and doing a sh- and we and, and Lyle and I are doing a shitty job cleaning the house, I might add. <laughs> it was like, you know, we just wanted the whole thing to be over and we wanted a little bit of closure. And mm-hmm. then, you know, so the result, it, it didn't really matter. We just wanted something to, to know. And then her, per, uh, the person in her office said, or one of the epidemiologists said that if she, if we're, not positive, and she's still positive after three weeks. She can come out of isolation, right. but they're not, the guidelines for the CDC are very not clear. So, but we were being probably more than careful. I think a lot of people were getting sick, and then they're going to work after a week. But are we shedding? Are we not shedding? We have no idea. So it was just a very you know this is part of the whole debate. So what do you guys think? You what do you guys want to take bets on what, what this, what the answer is? I hadn't told anybody, by the way, Marekos, Craig snuck into my DMS and said, well, what were the results? I said, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell you on the podcast. He goes, you're, <laughs> you're not going to tell me. You're not going to tell me. I'm like, of course I'm not going to tell you. We got to be some good radio. We got to stretch this shit out. So what I, do you guys think? I think that the, the chlamydia and the herpes were, were <laughs> oh, messing with oh, the results. Well, so you've well, had to get a retest. I think. Certainly didn't expect that to happen, but you know, I thought that was in confidence, Craig. I mean, but I mean, you know, fine, fine. I so, think I think you're riddled. I think we've got to be a non well, riddled. <laughs> riddled yeah. seems a little strong too. But, but you're, you're not showing symptoms, which is a good thing. So that's that's it's, it's positive news. That's what I think. What do you think, yeah. Reco? Uh, I'm gonna agree. It's, uh, that riddled. seems too riddled. Riddled, guys. Well, riddled. <laughs> <laughs> fucking riddles it just, it just no faith too... in my cleaning abilities none <laughs> seemed... well i mean uh everything with the whole like just well, not gestation period but how however long it takes before you actually start showing symptoms it only makes sense that with the you know the interaction that in the time you have with your wife before she pretty hard sick. pretty hard to pretty hard but you never know i mean <clears throat> yeah well you so that would be the nice. results so do you, do you have the envelope with the results? Oh, there? yeah, I am right just, here. Just for dramatic effect. I, of course. Of course I have the envelope. And just to say, I, listen, I, this, this was a very, this was a, you know, this is a hard, this is a hard question to answer. But the answer is, I, my daughter and I are 100% riddled with fucking COVID. <laughs> COVID-19. Yeah. We, we, we shouldn't riddled. laugh. We shouldn't riddled. laugh. You should obvious. fucking laugh. Of course you should laugh. We are fucking riddled. You're like Swiss cheese. We got, we got COVID-19 all up in this piece. As of so, la- Go ahead. I was just going to say, so how was... Have you... I'm sure you guys must have hugged it out by now. How was that? Well, here's the thing. So we were... Po- we, we tested positive. All right, so... Two Thursdays ago. So based on the timeline, Hillary did a little bit of calculation based on and we mo- what most likely happened was she was exposed to an, an enormous amount of virus at her job because a lot of people ended up getting sick. So she probably was shedding virus before she had symptoms. And when she had symptoms, which is on a Thursday, you know, Obviously, she's all over the house. So, you know, for yeah. Wednesday, if she had it on, you know, she had it, you know, she started showing symptoms on Wednesday, tiny, tiny symptoms that she didn't even realize. 
that, you know, we probably were, she, Hillary thinks that we've had, we're on our third week of having it. So she had a very giant, I mean, I mean, this is based on, you know, four months of data. This thing has been on the planet for four months. So there's not a lot of data, but it seems as though um, she was exposed to an enormous amount. And then she kind of shed off a few of her flakes onto us. So in regards to, Yes, the answer was yes. She'd been, she didn't have, she didn't, she came downstairs. She wasn't exhibiting any uh, symptoms anyway. She wasn't coughing. She didn't have headaches. She hadn't had a fever in a week. Um, She had a fever in two weeks, but it was just, we were just playing it safe. So, yeah, of course, we hugged it out. She lost a lot of weight. She's much smaller, which was a little very startling. And it was great to have her downstairs. And we all, you know, it, life is starting to kind of come back in our house, which is great. Um, in regards to my daughter and I, we had very, very slight symptoms a, a couple of weeks ago. And I even mentioned on the podcast, we've lost our sense of taste. Yeah. That would be probably the only reason why I would have thought that I had it because Lila was, she had a, <clears throat> pardon me. She had uh fatigue one day where she took naps all day. She slept all day. We're like, yeah, it's a lot of stress. Maybe she did whatever. And then I had some chills for like about two hours, which I, which I thought because I'd been sitting in a chair too long. Um, but the sense of taste, and honestly, the only reason why I honestly thought is two things. I cooked one dinner. I did some chicken teriyaki, and I thought I over-seasoned the shit out of it. I thought, oh, my God, what the fuck did I do? But when you ha- lose your sense of taste, you only taste the salty and the bitter and the sweet. So, like, you lose all the complexity. So. Yeah. It tasted super, super salty. My daughter thought it was super, super salty. And Hillary's like, didn't taste just the same. But really what clinched it was I was drinking a, bo- I was drinking a bo- bottle of whiskey. I was drinking a glass of whiskey. <laughs> and all I could taste was the alcohol. There was, there was zero compl- – I couldn't, I couldn't have told you it was scotch. I couldn't have told you it was bourbon. I couldn't have told you anything. All I could taste was the alcohol. And I was just like, okay, now we have – you know, so – yeah, so we're we're basically isolating from our um, the rest of like everybody else, and uh, we feel good. Lila feels good. I feel good. Uh, we just walk the dogs with our masks on and stay the fuck away from everybody. And um, and um, so far so good. Um, and my mom, who's doing great, she she got very upset. She's like, my ch- my granddaughter, my son of, and my daughter in law have COVID nineteen. I'm like, mom, we're gonna be, we're, I'm telling you, we're gonna be okay. Any major symptoms that would send us to the hospital are gone, are past. I mean, we're not even. We just got a little small dose of it, like most people. And she said, she said, I I have news I have to tell you, but just don't get ner- don't get mad, don't get upset. And I said, what is it, mom? And she says, I had a cough yesterday. I said, a one cough? She's like, yeah, I had one cough yesterday. I'm like, all right, I think you're okay. I don't think one cough sends you to the hospital. But um, in regards to that, uh, I was super pumped because, it, you know, it all we all got together, and that was great. But yeah, the yeah. cool thing was is I've been in, I've been, uh, in cahoots with my buddy Sonny Cover, who owns the Peekskill Coffee House in um, Peekskill. And uh, we've been talking about trying to figure out ways. They had to close the restaurant, uh, their their coffee house down but they were still selling uh, uh coffee beans that they were having roasted online and i said i got a great idea why don't we why don't you make a label <clears throat> with my logo and we'll, we'll brand it with fader knives and then we'll figure out any whatever you want any kind of uh donation or any kind of program you want to do and we'll just donate the money to that 
So she wanted to, she found in um, Westchester Magazine was doing an event where, a, a program where they were collecting money to pay local restaurants to make food for frontline workers. So it was great. So we came up with uh, a couple of weeks ago and they finished all the, all the design work for uh, Fader Knives EDC. That's everyday coffee. Ha ha. And uh, 70% of the money uh, bought from the, from the bags, bags of beans went to this Westchester magazine uh, feed the frontline uh, thing. So we're made, we're selling a lot of, we've been selling a lot of that. And that was a lot of, um, you know, incredible. The first we, you know, we we did great, and so far we we had we did we sold enough that they're waiting for their second batch. So we're trying to sell 250 bags. Cool. Uh, unfortunately, nice. it's only United States, so we can't. They just they're not set up to be sitting uh, abroad. But um, it, the funny part was is when Sunny said to me, she's like, "I found this great thing with Westchester Magazine, Westchester Magazine, Westchester Magazine," and I realized, ah, oh, yeah, those are the motherfuckers who called me George Fader. <laughs> they wrote an article <laughs> calling me George. <laughs> <laughs> did they call me George? Yes. Did I refer to them as a magazine fit for the waiting rooms in White Plains <laughs> Dental Office? Of course. But, you know, in these t- troubled times, our enemies become our friends. And it's been a really great event. And, you know, so, yeah, George Fader's back again with those motherfuckers. I, I-, I figured that me calling them a magazine fit for a- the waiting room of a White Plains dentist office would probably not, you know, that was the end of them. But now we're all back together. Cool. And how is how the coffee? Much? Yeah. How, pardon me. How is the coffee? I don't know. Is it? I haven't had it yet. We we, we would try to hustle. We I love the <laughs> coffee at the coffee house, but we had to hustle this motherfucker down. And I didn't have to, we didn't have time for me to sit down and with my pinky out sipping cups and you know it's, deciding the roast. I said to Sonny, it's got this a is rough your grind, department. just like the namesake. <laughs> I said I said I said to Sonny, I said this is your department. I'm not trust me. I'm a. I grew up drinking bodega coffee with coffee regular, sugar and milk. I, I whatever you think is going to be good, let's just move it. So I don't. I had. No, I haven't even. T- I had. A, I ordered my own, and just to let people know, I didn't. I told them I don't want a penny. I just want bragging rights, and I'm getting them, which is great. So that's that. And then um, high highs, and then uh, the low lows are unfortunately my fa- my brother in law. Last episode, I was talking to, about. I'm laughing because we in my family we all have gallows humor. Last episode, I I talked about how I lit up my sister. Remember that I mm, lit her up. Yes, yeah, yeah. Un- unfortunately, her husband passed away a couple nights ago. So we're oh. we're very sorry. And and uh, he he um he was a good dude. He was a very good dude. And he had and this is this is the only part that's interesting to me is in regards to the COVID-19 and I'll, and I'll keep it short is he had kidney disease, the whole family had kidney disease. So when I met him growing up, you know, when I met him when I was like, you know, nine or 10, he was the first guy I ever saw who was like new wave. He was Brooklyn new wave. Like he had the haircut. He looked like out of like, you know, he was a new wave guy. I didn't know anything about like eighties and stuff like that. And he always been in the hospital, uh, he had kidney transplants. He would, you know, he was on the the brink of death for a long, long time. And actually a couple episodes, probably about a month or so ago, I talked about how I was in the hospital visiting a, visiting a family member. I was visiting him. My sister asked me, my sister said, I'd like you to come in. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to, how he's going to do. So I've always gone when they, when he's been really in the hospital, I come visit him and and he he was you know he was discharged right before this coronavirus hit New York, and um, 
they uh they he got they got him home he had just when i saw him in the hospital he was just tons of tubes just the shell of a man it was like he he had grown past his kidney transplant and now is back to dialysis which is such a drag and he just yeah. you know he was really like he was in extra innings and my sister just was an incredible advocate for him but um the part the part that's interesting is it, and it wasn't a huge surprise. I talked to my sister three days ago, and we also talked. She said that we th- that we think that this is, you know, he, this is about this is about it for him. And he 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 fought hard, and he was a good dude. And um, the problem is, is if it wasn't for the the quarantine, he would have had the nurses that he normally gets. But because of you know the medical system is so stre- stretched yeah. thin, he couldn't really get all the opportunities he could have if things were normal so it was one of those things where there's no there's no you know he he didn't die from COVID-19 but this whole he probably could have dodged this bullet like he had been dodging him before if you know the medical system was uh prepared to deal with you know these kinds of issues these issues weren't weren't so strained they weren't so strained so That sucks. And then, you know, one other thing is, is like, if, you know, my sister, usually when things were bad, she'd call me up and I'd come, I'd come be, be by her side. I mean, she, they live in uh, upstate New York uh, and they're very rural and they don't, they have, you know, family, I'm the closest family. So anytime something happened, I always come up. So like, because also, because we were tested positive, I'm not going to go up there and possibly infect my sister. Yeah. So she, I couldn't be there for her. I would have been there for her. I, I'd spent some nights, you know, by her side with him, you know, in, in over the years. And I couldn't be there for her, nor can I be there for her now. My sister, my sister's in Florida. She can't go visit. She can't go up and be, be with her. So luckily my brother-in-law's sister is there. So my sister and, and her sister-in-law are kind of together. And they're, you know, they're, I talked to him yesterday. They're telling some jokes, but it's like, you know, this is, this is the new normal where yeah, yeah. we can't, you can't be there for other people. Or it's very hard. So that's what's going on. I say high highs and low lows and back to high highs or back to low lows. Jeez. Only only good <clears> news <throat> next week, Jeff. Uh, listen, <laughs> trust me. If I got <laughs> it, I'm going to give it to you. News. But here's the thing. Here's Jeez. the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everyone's been so kind to me uh, in regards to my wife, in, now yeah. in regards to my brother-in-law. I I have nothing but you know you got to move forward and I'm very I'm very optimistic about things and things are going to get bad and I'm going to get more crazy calls from my mom it's like I think I have a cough and I need, I'm out of vanilla ice cream but we'll take care of it I thought that's and what you were going to say she was saying. She, she did she vanilla. she did she gives me her and I need she, more vanilla ice cream <laughs> She gives me her list she gives me her shitty grocery list and I fill it and she and and she gonna she gonna die from she gonna if she dies it's not gonna be from COVID nineteen it's gonna be from like cholesterol and, di- and adult diabetes because she 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 consumes more ice I'd have a conversation with her about her ice cream consumption I'm like mom how much ice cream do you eat she goes well I like it twice a day I'm like ah eh, maybe you should cut down to once a day you know but I you know I I. I brave the brave the horrors of of COVID nineteen to get my mom ice cream and and when I get my her groceries I change out my gloves and I wipe everything down and wipe everything down and uh, you know I've I'm we're so far so good. You're a good man, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm passable. I'm passable. <laughs> I'm passable. I'm even... you're, you're the you're the George Clooney of the knife world. Now you've got your own coffee range. Yeah, there the you George go. Clooney. There you go. <laughs> we'll see how it is. We'll see how it is. I I I believe in Sunny. It's it's. 
I'm, I bought us, I bought some for myself and I'm going to send some to my sisters and you know, they did a nice job. They did a nice job and we're, and I'm, you know, it's good. I'm happy. I'm happy. I can't believe it. they didn't put rough grinds written on the, on the package. Well, somewhere. they originally, they had some name for me and I was just like, wait a second. Whoa, what are you talking? We're not, we got to get a good name. I said, well, she's like, she wanted to know all these like knife terminologies that we could kind of mash into you know i was like oh, we're not going to call it forged coffee none of that nonsense we're going to call it something we're going to be clever let's be clever and, I, and I, all i could think of is edc and i think that there is an edc coffee out there but this is going to be a limited thing i ain't worried about season disorders yeah, yeah. so they did a nice job and her, her daughter did the label and and uh yeah the label looks good yeah they did a nice job they did a nice job so and I'm, 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 uh, her manager sends me messages saying, I'm kind of running out of shipping labels and that's your problem. I want to make you, I want to make you work. Cause that's the great part is they, the money that they're sold is, you know, some of it goes to paying the employees they work. I mean, we've already moved, uh, a hundred, uh, and then we're getting another batch of a hundred. So we're going to move all of it. And then, you know, everybody, everybody wins. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All good. Well, let's hope we got some news, good news in the news section. This is Marco Malmasi reporting from Icebox Studios. Uh, so this is the news. This is what's going on. There's a lot of craziness happening. Uh, Blade Show normally uh, is at the beginning of June, but they just moved their dates to August 7th through 9th. So... Make your plans accordingly if you still plan on attending, holding tables. Uh, you can get more information at bladeshow.com. Uh, regarding the Big Sky Conference, this is the hammering uh, that was going to be hold- held by Josh Smith. Uh, he had to make the tough call and ultimately decided to cancel the hammering, uh, you know, considering everything yeah. and, and the uncertainty in these unprecedented times. So um, he's really he's really bummed, and, you know, I feel bad for him to uh, – because he was really excited. You know, it's been 12 years. He used sure. to hold a regular hammering. It's been 12 years. He's been really excited about getting this up and going. He's even – you know, he's torn apart his shop to rebuild it to accommodate the hammering. Um and now he's calling it off, but he's making plans. He's already starting to make plans for next year uh, and just kind of shifting everything a, a year forward um, so that next year is bigger and better. Jeff, you were just talking about your coffee. Tell people where they can get it, how much it costs. Nice. And you said it's just in the U- U.S., that was right? A good, that, was a good, that was a good segue right there, boy. <laughs> that was a professional segue right there. So if you go to peakskillcoffee.com, uh, they have a section, an online section. And in the online section, you go down to Peak Skill Coffee, you get the EDC, that's Fader Knives, EDC, Everyday Coffee, and they knocked the price down. All the other ones are 20 bucks, around 20 bucks. Mine's 15 bucks. I have the best deal in the whole joint. Uh, they got big, good coffee. Uh, and then, yeah, it's unfortunately, it's only in the U.S. because, you know, we're just not, they weren't really, they weren't meant to be sending shit abroad. So sure. if you go pick yourself up some uh, Fader Knives EDC blend, and I'll give you the notes because they told, they told me the coffee notes. I'm like, ah. I'm like, tell me what I'm supposed to know. And they said, uh, it's a blend of Pacific Island, South and Central American coffee and it's uh, the process is natural and washed whatever the fuck that means <laughs> i don't know what to tell you you're talking to the wrong guy the body <laughs> is very strong it's got a heavy body just like me 
It's got a walnut aroma, which is fine, I guess. I'm not really the guy to be doing it, but it tastes of malt. So go get yourself some Fader Knives Heavy Body EDC. If I knew it was going to be Heavy Body, I would have had them call it EDC Heavy Body. So Heavy Body and a Bitter Finish. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's right. Get some Fader Knives Heavy Body for your heavy body. Love it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, uh, there's this new. So this is kind of like uh, knife adjacent news. Uh, a friend sent me this uh, Indiegogo, which is a crowdfunding platform campaign that's going on right now for these new respirators. Um, they're they're yeah, they're kind of like our normal uh, like face mask respirators, but they're positive pressure. They've been designed to have these little tiny fans on the inside, so they're pushing in. Uh, more air basically than you can breathe so there's a positive pressure so around the seal uh any and 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 out the out valve uh extra pressure is coming out air is coming out so that nothing's necessarily getting in there they use hepa filters uh the campaign's going on right now i guess the filters last about 150 hours which is pretty cool they are pretty expensive but they look uh they look like they're pretty well designed and they should last for a long time and you don't look like a goober if you happen to wear it I mean, you probably still look like a goober. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be honest. You're walking around with a giant yeah. respirator on your yes. face. You're still going to look like a goober. It's fine. But we'll it's kind of slit. It's a little slicker looking, uh, nice looking uh, setup. Uh, I don't know how they would work in a in the dusty environment of a shop, um, but I imagine the filters would actually protect everything because that covers the electronics too. So, could work. Uh, but the so how cool. do you get oh, yeah, so, them? Yeah, so it's called Atmo Blue, A T M O B L U E. It's on Instagram. They have it uh, in their profile. They have a, a link to their Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign going on right mm-hmm. now. I don't know. I don't know how much longer they have on it, um, but it's pretty sweet. It's a cool looking design. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Actually, they, they do look pretty cool. So what's um, the, what's the positive pressure? Just it just it helps filter the air. Well, it's it's so it's. It has tiny. I, I think they are, are chargeable, just like your your like Bluetooth headphones right. or your cell phone, right? You charge it, and it has little uh, motors, little fans inside the respirator, kind of where your where your respirator uh, cartridges would normally be, and right. it pushes air in so that you know. Part of the concern with nor- like uh, kind of standard respirators is that stuff is getting in around the seal, but with the positive pressure, it's pushing air out so that very little, if anything's getting in, it has a, it has an, what is it? I think it said 99.97 purity air purity Hmm. that's getting in there and it filters out, not just, you know, particulates, but, uh, you know, it's a HEPA filtration. So it filters out, uh, viruses and toxins and bacteria and stuff like that from, I don't, know, I don't know about bacteria, but right. whatever. Nasty shit floating in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, just looking now, the, the, the filters are replaceable, and they come in a lovely fetching pink as well, a skin color, which is uh, – you're still going to see them, obviously. But uh, Who's they, look, skin they look pretty cool. They is that my cool. skin color? <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of shades. Um, $119 for one, or they do a couples pack for $198. Couples cool. pack. At Moblu. <laughs> Bladed Valentines. There you go. Hey girl. Any more news? Is is that the news? <laughs> yeah, well I got a funny little I got a funny little this is this is I want to give a shout out to this is crossover viral news. So I want to give a little clap right now to our friend uh dies in every film, Onar Kaglar. Owner Kaglar. 
he did a he he's a good dude man he got this great kid he got this funny kid his son's name is rico his rico is a great kid it's a it's a very sweet family and they they're uh you know they live in i think yorkshire york yorkshire yorkshire york york okay, they yeah, live in, yeah. well there's york and yorkshire different places i think they live in yorkshire I don't know. Okay. I'm not on the north of England. He, he does YouTube videos. He's a knife maker, and he—I guess he woke up with a with a with a, a hair up his ass about how mad he was listening to all these famous people bitching about being quarantined. And he did this Facebook video, and he just start yelling at him. He start yelling. He's using some very colorful language. He's using colorful <laughs> language that, I, as an American, it sounds weird when I say it. But he got shared up like on one morning. I was like, "Oh, this is funny. It's funny." It was funny, and he went crazy and berserk, and he went like a rant. And he got blown up. I mean, like within a couple hours, it was like two hundred thousand views. It was like shared like thousands and thousands of times. And he's a good guy. I he's a funny guy, and it made me realize I was I was I was like I was trying to see some of the things that. You guys from you British guys or English guys? I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Craig, am I supposed to say you're English or British? Well, well, he's English, but I, I, I'm British. I'm oh, not English. All I'm right. British. Well, there's a lot of vernacular that you guys say that when yeah. us Americans say it, it sounds weird, and and I can't say it without sounding bizarre. So, and and I just had a question for you in regards to some of the expressions, the English and British expressions that Americans sound weird when we say it. Okay. So here's the question for you. What is the expression? If I said to you, hey, you're a tough guy. Oh, you're a tough guy. What would the English or British version of that slang, hey, you're a tough guy, what would that be? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, oh, tough guy. Um... Oh, you're a tough guy. I'd say tough. I, I don't know. Hard as nails. No, that's that's the expression. Say, they say, oh, you're hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're hard. I heard him say yeah. it once in a while. Oh, you're hard. But if I say it, it doesn't sound like you're a tough guy. It sounds like, oh, if I said it like that, I said, oh, you're hard. It doesn't sound <laughs> no, it sounds you, like a Viagra commercial. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Oh, you're hard. Oh, you're you hard. hard. You're hard. Oh, look at you. You're hard. It doesn't sound. It doesn't work. So there's a you, lot. I of think ex- you got drop the, drop the H. Maybe you're hard. You're, you're hard. hard. Hey you're man, you look hard. hard to me. You're yeah. hard. It doesn't work. Still, it still sounds like I'm coming on to you. So I try to stay the fuck away from all these foreign expressions like no worries and all that and mate and this and that and the other thing. That's the other thing is you guys all say mate. Is that short for primate? I'm never, I've never really understood it. Uh, or is it first possibly. mate? Never. Well, mate is like a mate, a friend. Because you know, a mate I, I, is I know like, Australians use that probably a lot more than the Brits actually mate. It's, it's, it's yeah, uh, today, mate. It, it, it's, it's a friendly. It's a term uh, of yeah, friend. Okay. Yeah. It just sounds weird if I said it. All those things. So I don't say any of it. So you're hard. <laughs> you're hard, mate. <laughs> you're hard, mate. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Come out of, I mean, it sounds awful. You're hard, yeah, say mate. It with a pirate, with a pirate. It's, voice. Yeah, it does sound a bit piratey. Yeah. You're hard. Mate. <laughs> you're hard, matey. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not doing that. I'm gonna stick to New York. Why do, why do pirates talk like like they do? Why? No, I've got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up the joke already? I'm so happy. That makes me so happy. I love. Go ahead, give it a go. Round two. Come on, give it another shot. Why are pirates called pirates? <laughs> Why? Because they are. Fuck me. That's it's still not. It's, I was surprised, but it's still terrible. Oh. So, congratulations to owner Kaglar. 
I give you a round of applause for for breaking through from knife making to into normal, you know, civilized conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay the fucking uh, home. It was a very. You should definitely check it out. It's very funny. Out. Yeah, really quick. Talking about YouTube, I I I mentioned earlier doing uh, putting together YouTube videos. I did get the first installment of my first series of the Forge and Place up on YouTube, so that's available. You can go find that on Malmasi Fire Arts YouTube channel. Uh, if anybody's interested, it's up there now. Very cool. We're going to have Get to check cake. that out. Look forward to it. Right. This is the bit where we ask, um, well, people send in <laughs> questions, and we we try our best to answer them. And we're not always correct, but we'll try our best. But if you've got a question for us... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. That dude sounds oh, yes. hard. He is double hard, <laughs> double hard bastard. You're fucking hard, yeah. You hard. <laughs> so here we go. Hey man, can I ask you a question? Hard as the a first rock. one we've got from Iron Ridge Forge. I'd like to begin forging some simple sand mai soon. Is there any advice you could give someone with a knife making background but limited experience with Damascus? He's saying. I guess is this one for That's- me. I, I would, think so. Yeah. Start more accurate, <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds pretty hard to me. Yeah. You, Jeff, really quick. You sound. You almost sound a little scared when you're saying somebody sounds hard. Scared. You're scared of like. I, you're like I'm, oh, uh, it sounds great. <laughs> I mean, you know, it sounds a little. Sc- I mean, you know. I mean, I guess. <laughs> sounds <laughs> weird. Hard. Go answer the hard. question. Just say in my heart. <laughs> uh forging simple sand my uh actually so if you go check out neil kamimura's instagram he he did a super simple sand my he literally took uh i think it was like maybe one and a half inch by eighth inch angle iron and folded that in half like a taco put a piece of 1084 in it some flux heated it up smashed it he did it all by hand and he got it stick really not only did he get it stick really well uh but he the the blade ended up looking awesome but i mean it can be as simple as that you just you just gotta make sure you're working at good good welding temperatures giving it good soak times kind of massaging it you don't want to go too hard on it uh right out the right out the gate you kind of want to take it easy at first you got to ease into it yeah girl hey girl he's hard (laughs) sweet talk sweet talk that was an awesome video ps i was like that was a really really cool way to 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 introduce sanmai into people's uh ability dot i'm sure a lot of people said i can do that that was really cool sure yeah do you guys have anything to add that's all i mean that would be my suggestion just try keep it simple i think people try to take get too crazy with it um all right. Well, this next one is from McGrillis Designs. He says, I'm 18 and I'll be moving out to Montana for college. How do I find somewhere I can work and practice my craft? You, sir, are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Young man, you're, it's going to be hard. <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody listening. Maybe there's people listening from Montana and they have a bit of shop space. They could maybe... Um, let them use and maybe watch what what they do. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's difficult in New York, and they're, they're, I'm telling you, I can count all the knife makers in the in the in the around uh, New York City area. I can count all the knife makers on one on one and a half hands. Like I know all the people making knives in this area, and it's and it's hard to it's hard to hire someone when, especially now, when things are so weird. 
uh, I would I can't imagine what it's like in Montana. I mean, obviously we know Will Stelter, Stelter in place. He he's stuck in his garage, um, and Josh Smith and and Alec and stuff like that. But I mean, you're gonna have yeah. to like be. I think the key is with this when you're a maker, you got to be creative. Yeah, be creative. Yeah, there are a lot of. Oh, sorry. No, you know, be creative. Be hard. Yeah, there are a lot of great makers in Montana. Um, but yeah, right now it's kind of a hard time to try to jump into somebody else's shop or try to sign up for classes. Uh, I would, you know, for the time being, take in as much information as you can from talking to solid resources online or watching reliable videos and stuff like that. But uh, you, you, but you probably could find somebody. It's just you gotta. You got to feel it out. And it also comes down to how comfortable they are having somebody at their shop more than anything. A little side note. Uh, I got a message from someone. Uh, I got a message from um, uh, someone uh, someone who said uh, we should do uh, what the guys from the Knife Talk Down Under do. Uh, that's uh, Knife Talk. <laughs> they did. I guess they did some drinking podcasts where they got bombed. And they want. They said we should do we should do a drinking podcast. And I said, well, I don't do that because that's, that's their bit. They, they that's their bit. But the other thing is, mm-hmm. is we've said hard so many times, the drinking game should be, if we say hard, you take a shot and we're going <laughs> to, and we're going to put you in the ground because we're going to say hard all day long. Hard. Hey, you hard. Another moment. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment? All right, baby. Yeah, girl. <laughs> All right. The next one comes from our buddy, Jesse Killian at Marlboro Handcraft. Good dude right there. Best bang for your buck. What are the most useful pair of tongs? What do you guys think? He just got himself a new anvil, and I think he's trying to he's trying to get himself squared away. I've, I've got one set of tongs, and they are Fader Knives tongs, mm. and they do the trick. But I mean, um, they're just pickup tongs. I mean, you can't. They just really, pick up tongs. I, I don't really forge in. I, I, I just pick stuff up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> pens and pencils that I drop on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. I don't want to be bending my back down. I use, I use the fader tongs <laughs> yeah, to pick up pencils. Look at you. Look at you. Lazy. Lazy. So go to faderknives.com, pick up a pair of old man tongs. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Jesse. Jesse. You DM me. You DM. You know me, Jesse. Jesse, you DM me. I'll send you some tongs. I'll send you some tongs. I here's my suggestion. If you're looking to forge knives, pick up tongs. I'll send you a pair of pickup tongs. I and, and this is something that I learned from uh, Ori Hoffy. He used to make channel tongs, which is hard to find. I don't really see them very often. And there are a lot of places that'll make tongs. There are a lot of guys will make tongs. I know. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Cliff is like sitting in his basement in the middle of Manhattan, losing his mind, he's pulling his hair out. <laughs> he's pulling his hair out because he doesn't know, he can't, he can't do as much, you know, a creative guy. He's pulling his fucking hair. He's going to tear apart the, <laughs> this, this basement in Manhattan. He's so goddamn bored. He makes great tongs, but uh, I love channel tongs. It's, it's, it's almost like, it's like it's, it's two C's. They're not as wide. I know some people use, I got a pair of tongs from Matt Parkinson where, One's wide, and then um, the other one comes down. I I personally like channel tongs, especially if you're forging, um, if you're for, forging like a, a piece of one inch by quarter or or, or inch and a half by a quarter or something. It holds it so when you're when it's facing up, so the spine is up, it holds it much nicer than from the side. But Jess, mm-hmm. you send me some. You send me. You send me a message, and I'll send you a pair. I'll send you as many tongs as you want. That I have that I can make. 
or that I decide to. So I'll give you a pair of dogs. <laughs> I will say, yeah. Wait, wait, that was going to go yeah. then, but yeah. I'll send you as many as you want within reason. Whatever you want within reason, that's in your pair too. Uh, I was going to actually say those those tongs that Matt Parkinson makes actually yeah, he makes great on on Instagram. Yeah, the and channel tongs. I you know when I first got tongs, I wish I had known better. Um, but I everything I have are all like V bit. Yeah. Which is dog shit for holding bar stock. Terrible. Unfortunately, it's it's the it spins worst. around. It spins around here. Yeah, it just wants to twist right out of there. Um, but the channel tongs really help capture an edge nicely, especially a bar uh, a bar stock piece right. of bar stock. Right. And the ones that are really great about uh, mats, uh, like Jeff was saying, one side's uh, basically a, a straight channel, and then the other side kind of loops up in a way. And that creates some clearance for, uh, especially if you're forging like a full tang. But it also offers some adjustability so that you can hold anything from like half, I mean, depending on how deep the channel is, but around half inch to up to an inch and a quarter very comfortably um, using those tongs. And that kind of that up loop is kind of springy in a way. And so that also doesn't make it too fatiguing to hold a larger bar stock uh, in that thing. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely uh, direct people to channel tongs. Of also, some sort. I hate to I hate to send it people this way, but I mean there is one company out there that they're not a sponsor of ours. But I bought a pile of tongs. The Blacksmith Depot has offset tongs. So if you're like mm-hmm. if you're if you're holding something that is long and you need to have it like not bump into your the rivet or the boss of your tongs, offset tongs are awesome. I love offset tongs and basically it's just kind of like it kind of breaks to the right or the left and then you can hold something very wide uh very long and it won't won't get in the way you can hold it you can kind of choke up on it especially like I think it's really for when you're forging you finish forging the blade and now you're turning back to your tang you can use the offset uh channel tongs I don't think they're called channel tongs I don't call them channel tongs you know what I'm talking about you can you can hold the you can hold the blade you can choke up tighter to the blade to the tang so you can forge the tang out nice so shout out to tongs I don't I'm not gonna send you a pair of those Jesse you can forget it <laughs> I don't I don't make those <laughs> that you can just forget but you fine okay another one from Moss Knives uh, he's talking about templates for knife shapes he says what is a good way to stay consistent. Um, he uses paper, and he's got a master copy and just uh, print, cut, and glue. So he'll glue it to steel and cut around. Uh, he's also used his wife's, I think it says a cry-cut machine, on cardstock, but very time-consuming on longer knives. So what do you guys do for templates? Do you keep templates around your shop of your common designs? What do you got, Marco? Oh. Well, uh, I do. Um, I... You know, metals, I think, is always going to be best just because it's uh, the most wear-resistant to scribing and stuff like that. Uh, I have made temporary templates out of, like, a harder, like, folder cardstock or even out of, like, masonite, like, quarter-inch masonite, which is, like, a particle board kind of plywood stuff. Um, But metal, you know, you can get a piece of mild steel and and cut it out pretty easily and shape and contour it. And you can even, if you use, uh, if you're using like a quarter inch, uh, 
piece, especially a quarter inch piece of mild, you know, that that's great also for helping to guide uh, when you're drilling holes and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I would go with metal if you could. But I only have like one, I think, really, which I used for the uh, Smith and Bard. Uh, I template everything. Small batches. And, and yeah. even like, because I do so many, you know, offshoot weird ones. That even if it's like a little different size, I hate using paper and, and I hate using paper because you use the spray and then you put the paper on and then you're cutting and then all of a sudden yeah. the, the glue melts away. Coming off. Yeah. So I start, I always start, I try to make my templates on aluminum and I found that mm. the easiest way to get aluminum is if you buy, and it's crazy, this is, it just makes no sense to me, but if you, it's cheaper to buy like an aluminum straight edge like a four foot aluminum straight edge, then it uh, that's like you know eighth by two inches. It's cheaper to buy that than just a straight aluminum, same size. So I started buying cheap aluminum um, yardsticks, or you know they were they were the size, uh, uh, you know straight edges, and then I use those, and that's made it much easier for me. I don't like using paper card or anything like that because I don't want to have to change it. But uh, I also use very, very thin steel, um, like uh, like real thin steel that I can use a nibbler to, to cut. You know about a nibbler? <laughs> you know about a nibbler? That's, you got to know about a nibbler, Craig. You should get I a know nib- what a nibbler is. Thank you very much. <laughs> Come on, man. You don't know about a nibbler? <laughs> Nibblers are like, it looks like a sh- uh, shear. I mean, it, well, it looks like a handheld drill, but it has like a, uh, a pneumatic shear on the front. So you can cut a lot really, really quickly. Um, so I actually use that to kind of cut away a lot of the material so I don't, you know, bind up the, if I'm using a very thin sheet steel, love the nibbler. Yeah. And um, where do you keep your sort of masters for that then? Do you, do you have them digitally or do you literally just have this, the, the shape that you look, you just keep reusing this, the shape all of the time? I have a, uh, I have a wall and it's, everything's nailed on it. So I have a huge pile of, I have, I mean, I'm literally looking at it right now and people always think, wow, you have a lot of knives to make. I'm like, no, no, those are all the templates. And then I always make variations and then I hang them all together so I can like, you know, there's certain, uh, like my paring knife has so many different variations, um, that I'm able to kind of like template even the slightest variation and then I can replicate it. But I love using metal. Metal is the only way I can, I I hate to hate the glue. Yeah, I mean, I've got some of G10, some of Perspex, some of metal. Just anything, anything that's hard. Um, yeah, drink hard, drink. Um, yeah, but I, I generally <laughs> don't u- reuse the templates too often because um, over time I'll find I, I just want to change some things. So I've got I've got a digital file of all the knives, and there's multiple versions of, of them. Then you know, little iterations each time. Whereas, you know, I mean, a good example this week, I, I know Jeff, I sent over a couple of blanks to Jeff a while back as a gift, and um, he he made one up, and, and I, I hadn't seen that design for a while, and he, he sent me a picture, and I was, and I was like, ah, yeah, and, you know, th- that's a typical one where I've made the uh, the handle slightly thicker, and each each time there's a slight iteration to, you know, to, to the knives that I make, so I don't really have a, a template that I reuse and reuse, but I will template a knife just because I like to feel it in the hand. That was a fun end, little knife you know? PS. I'll po- I'll post it when this before this thing comes up. But that was a fun little. Uh, thank you for that. It was a fun little. No, uh, no worries. No, no worries. worries. But um, 
but yeah, it, 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 I, I do like to, to have something physical in my hand, <laughs> something, something hard in my <laughs> hand, you know? get the nibbler out <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and choke it, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, I'll choke the nibbler. Is that hard steel? Oh, no. Oh, uh, I love it. Uh, but I yeah, I, it. I keep digital uh, copies so then I can make, and I use, I use CAD stuff. So, um, I mean, uh, Knife Print <laughs> in the past have sponsored us, and you, you can do that for free up on Knife Print. You just take a, keep a digital copy of something and make, you know, iterations and so on. So, yeah, that's the way I do it. It's slightly different. P.S. Nothing makes me this. Everything's been sucking for the past month, <laughs> but doing this and laughing and, and telling dick jokes and, and trying to <laughs> nibbler jokes and hard jokes, nothing makes me happier. I'm telling you, <laughs> fucking great. We've all reverted to 15 year old Perfect. boys again. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. <laughs> all right. What's our next? next, let's see. Our next one is from uh, Bass and the Best. It says, if you have only three grits of sandpaper to use to finish a knife, what would they be and what kind of knife would you be finishing? Uh-huh. That's a good question. So sandpaper for finishing, it's obviously going to be uh, rhino Wet. Um, sponsors of the show, um, Indasa USA, they make rhino Wet. Um, and we're not just saying it because they're sponsors. We're, we're, they're sponsors because we use them. Um, and you can get a discounted um, order of your rhino Wet from Texas Farrier Supply. If you use the the promo code Knife Talk Ten, you'll be able to get your ten uh, percent off your Rhino Wet. Um, but with regards to uh, grits, um, the trick is really if if you're using, I mean, I use slightly more than three, um, but you don't want to sort of double up on the grit each time. So let's say you start with two hundred, you don't want to go above four hundred for the next one. You, you Jeremy, you, you'd want to double the amount of grit each time. So what I generally do, I start with a one eighty. Then I go to a 220 and then a 360. And then from a 360, I'll go straight to a 600 um, and then on from there. But um, don't take big leaps. So don't go from sort of 180 to 400, for example, because that's more than double. Yeah. You know what happens? Because that's what I do. <laughs> really? Really? I, go I just find it's a, lot, it's a lot of work. I find it a lot of work. I just find it, it's just so much quicker just to keep it below that, that, that double level. So, yeah, if you're doing 200, don't go above 400 for your next one and so on. Hmm. Um, I just find it much, much quicker. And when you, when you, when you find you're, you're over 400, you're talking literally just a few strokes before you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Each time, you know, you're not wasting much. It, it's, um, but yeah, th- those are the grits that I'd use. Uh, but if you're just using three, I mean, you probably get, you probably do a, a 200, 400, 600 maybe. Or, you know, 220, you know, 420, that kind of thing. I go exactly what you said not to do. I do 220, 400, <laughs> 800. And it's because I, I start out off the, the disc grinder, so I'm just really kind of changing the scratch pattern. I'm not I'm not trying to do anything other than just change my scratch pattern. And my I do the, the majority of the work with 220, and then the finishing passes with 220, 400, 800, and I, I, I'm pretty happy with my. But I'm, you know what? Now that I, now that I hear what you had to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to switch back and try to drop down a little bit to make it not maybe the jumps not so as extreme. Yeah, I'm but you're within, you're within those boundaries. If you do 220 to 400, that's that's less than half. And if you do 400 to 800, it is it is you know I'm doubling up. It's fine. Yeah. You're hard. It's just a rough guy. That's all. It's just a rough guy, Jeffrey. Uh, if yeah, it sounds so hard, um, 
I uh, if I only had three, I'm gonna actually go a different route. Uh, I'm gonna have the 220 and the 400, but then the next one I would do is 2000 because I do so much Damascus. I I would need that 2000 for helping with finishing out that Damascus. So I would actually so just 400 to 2000. Yep, I would do yeah, very nice satiny 400 grit finish, and then clean up and start etching that blade and actually 400 is kind of a, a a lot of people only take their damascus to a 400 grit hand sanded finish before etching and finishing it um so it, it wouldn't be the worst look in the world hmm. yeah for sure there you nice. go. different steel yeah i think as as jeff said that the, those those sort of more abrasive um, that's where the majority of the work is being done. As as you start going up the grits, it just gets so much easier. And yeah, you're mm. literally just doing a few passes. It's, it's much, much easier. But I learned something from our friend Jeremy Spake, which he had learned from somebody, which is st- your 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 foundational hand sanding should not be should be a much higher grit than you think, because then you won't get such gougy satin finish. So like, mm. I'm tempted to even start now. Um, to start at three using three twenty to start off with, but I used two twenty because that's just so, it's just so fast. It's just so much faster with yeah. your Rhino Wet Redline from Adas USA. Go to Texas Ferris Supply, ten percent off when you say Knife Talk ten. Get yourself some Rhino Wet. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> okay, who's next? Uh, sorry, I lost my place. Okay. This one comes from Diamond Metalworks. Hey, boys, I have a question slash topic for you. What's your thought on straight razors? As I cut myself the other day with a shitty disposable, I thought I should just make a damn razor for myself. Have you ever made one? Are they worth the effort? Are they challenging to keep sharp? Thanks, guys. Never made one. Never shaved. (laughs) Never made one. (laughs) You never had to shave, right? Very rarely. If I just go out in the wind, that's enough for me. Oh, sp- <laughs> <laughs> you put a little bit of milk on your face and let the cat lick it off? I understand. <laughs> I understand. Oh, speaking of which, uh, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of which, Tomer said, oh, I know my, this is going. Ten, Tomer said, send my regards to Mrs. Merkel. <laughs> send my regards to Mrs. Merkel. Would you like to explain what you did to yourself this week? Yes. So um, my hair needed a cut. Um, and you're seeing all these terrible, terrible haircuts at the moment on online. Um, and I just thought, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> I'm stuck indoors for the next few weeks. And my grandfather always said to me, the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut is only two weeks. Sorry, a bad haircut and a good haircut is only two weeks. So I thought, well, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? So I let my wife cut my hair. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> So we took this picture just halfway through where she, you know that thing when you're at the barbers and they sit you down and they make you look like a right prick. <laughs> they, they they sort of comb your hair down yeah. at the front and you're sitting there and everybody's looking at you just you feel terrible. Well, we got to that point and she said I've got to take a picture because it you look well a- Angela Merkel is what we were talking about <laughs> who's the, the the German uh, prime minister or president. Um uh, it's pretty much that cut. Um, but without the good angle. It's like a really bad angle, angular Merkel. Um, but it, that was halfway through. It brushed out okay. It br- what did she <laughs> use, the nibbler? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it, could, it was one of those disposable, you know, uh, rechargeable 
razor. Disposable. But, um, oh, she used a she didn't she didn't use a buzzer. She used a, a razor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. You know, a, a, a buzzer. Yeah, a rechargeable one. Yeah. Jeez. But um, it it wasn't so bad. It's the first time she's ever cut hair. Um, you know, I'm not going anywhere for a few weeks. Who cares? My, it, it it looks okay. My but, wife uh, is she when she tries to do anything like that. She has, she and my daughter both have this nervous laughter. So everything like we once were moving my my wife and I were moving to an apartment. Uh we were carrying the couch up the stairs and she started laughing and she dropped the couch on me and she was crippled with laughter. So anytime there's like something weird, she gets like paralyzed with laughter. She once tried cutting my hair and she just started I mean she started laughing so hard I thought I am not doing this anymore. So I won't let her go, I won't let her do it. I'm just going to let this shit grow out and I'm not, fu- yeah. I'm not fucking with that shit. I'm not going for that haircut. But my wife was being very careful, overly cautious, and she was taking little bits. And I was like, just get into it. I said, you've got, is this for you mowing the lawn? Start at the beginning, <laughs> go right to the end. Just go for it. Start mowing um, the lawn. But um, thankfully, yeah, she, she did a decent job. Yeah, I can't she did. Well, you, you know how to comb your hair, that's for sure. Well, so where, where, where are we? Straight razors. Have ever made any? Um, are, are they challenging to keep sharp, he's saying? I... I've never made one. I would never use one. I, I my grandfather. <laughs> I used to watch my grandfather use one, and I thought this man is going to cut his throat. He's going to cut his mm-hmm. own throat off. And so I don't know. I, this scares the shit out of me. But I'm under the impression that there's at least one hollow side, right? One hollow grind on them, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. They normally are when you see or them. Both. I'd hollow, imagine or? they're very hard. I think they're I mean, very think... hard and brittle. Drink, drink. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're definitely super hard. I mean, they have to be and they have to be wear super wear resistant because hair is actually very uh tough fibrous material for a fine edge to cut for long periods of time. Uh I from what I understand, there Depends are actually what kind of hair you're cutting. Depends yeah. what kind of hair you're cutting, sure. Sure. Um what? yeah, some hair is more coarse than others. Um <laughs> the old bat's nest. <laughs> bat's nest uh but there are like online forums and stuff for people who are really nerdy and getting in get into that about how to sharpen and and um and i most of the straight razors i've ever seen have been hollow on both sides um but i gotta say if you're having a hard time uh shaving with a disposable <laughs> and you want to step up to a straight razor yeah you're gonna kill yourself you can fucking slit your throat <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna kill yourself man uh yeah because it, it's like yeah i, I would know. never attempt to shave with a fucking straight razor <laughs> i got too much neck i got so i got i got my st john side of my family has got we all got too much neck i'm gonna hit something i'm gonna hit a jugular or something without yeah. even asking right in but, there there we go that being said there i would go. love to make a straight razor someday uh it's gonna be a while though i don't even use those disposable razors i use a buzzer and just give myself i just leave a little bit of I leave, I don't go straight. Little texture. To the, yeah, I leave a little texture. That's right. I leave a little texture. That's the Clooney in you. But if I were to grind, if I were to grind, I tell you what, if I were to grind a straight razor, you know what I'd use? I would use a grinder from Broadbeck Ironworks. Let me tell you what. They're Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. You you've had this grinder now for a few weeks. Yeah. Rather a than do a read, let a few months. Okay, let's give it this a proper. It's time for a mini product review. All right. I love my Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. They is made by my buddies Vince and Ryan. 
and they're making beautiful grinders. And these are uh, these are knife makers making grinders for knife makers, which makes you th- you think that that's great, but it, they actually do things with this grinder that you hate about your other grinder. The platens are super super long, which is great. Um, you can do a uh, you can with a flip of a of a, sw- a switch you can do uh, horizontal and vertical. They have a ton of different attachments that are very intuitive to the design of the arm. So you don't have to have a f- ten different arms. You can just have one arm, and then it's just all of them click into um, the regular uh, uh, the regular arm. They have uh, they figured out ways to make it more valuable to you and give you value. They don't paint them because if they started painting them, the price would go up. And they figured out ways that you, it breaks down, and they put it into shipping uh, flat rate shipping boxes. So the shipping is included in the price. So when you see the price, the shipping is included. And then when you put in Knife Talk Five, um, they are going to give you five percent off. And I just got a message from Ryan yesterday. They're going to do some stimulus package deal at some point. I didn't didn't even get enough time to figure it out now, but they're doing, they're constantly doing um, deals and uh, keep, they're good guys. Ryan and Vince are good guys. They've been keeping in touch with me very, very often. And uh, I love this grinder. Get the VFD. You'll thank me. What's, what's a stimulus package? What's that? Uh, That's what you were getting. I'd say we're getting a stimulus package. They're going to stimulate your package. There you go. Jesus. Gonna, I've never heard of that stimulus. It's going to be hard. They're going to grab you. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> that's they that's what they meant as stimulus. We're getting a stimulus check, I think. I think some of us are getting stimulus checks and they were wanted to do some sort of stimulus. They want to stimulate your package. Broadbeck okay. Ironworks. Love those guys. I, five, Knife Talk 5, they're they're fair with you 100%. Both of them have competed on Forge and Fire too. That's broadbeckironworks.com. That's it. Okay, let's move on. Another one. Um, Warfly Cutlery. Um, are there any special tools or methods that you'll use to make a slot for a hidden tang knife? You see, he's making several right now, and he's really struggling. Any special tools or methods for hidden tangs? What do you think, Brecca? Uh, so special tools-wise, um, something that's commonly used is a broaching tool which is essentially, it looks like a little stick of metal with some kind of coarse teeth at the end uh, used to help clean up uh, the slot uh, drilled into uh, the handle material. Because uh, usually, so the way I approach hidden tangs is I'll drill a couple quarter-inch holes basically right next to each other, uh, and then I'll break the webbing in between using that same drill bit. But then you at each edge of the slot, you have these round uh corners from the drill bits and and most tangs aren't necessarily that round and so getting in there with a broaching tool uh helps to clean up that slot a bit as well as i i've actually made i made my own out of just a piece of mild steel and uh i use it also to clean a flat so i have a narrow side or a narrow brooch and a wide brooch and the narrow is for uh kind of the spine and belly side of the tang and then uh the wide brooch um is to clean up the wide side of the tang and uh and that you know it makes uh doing a hidden tang slot it takes it about uh you know five minutes to clean it up and have it ready to go for for uh for the knife it's actually using that brooch has been pretty nice there are a lot of people who make them um 
I can't think of, of course, anybody off the top of my head right now, uh, but if, you can find them online. Well, Alex on sells. I think Alex Steele Co. sells them too. Sure. Yeah, there's some guy. Oh, there's a guy named Johnny Ducati also, who's like a machinist yeah. who does who does them as well. I could, I could see making one quite easy using um, the blade from a scroll saw. Another shitty scroll yeah. saw. Yeah, sure. Maybe maybe use the blade from one of them could be quite but, simple. And to be honest, I mean that's what I that's what I did for my first brooch. It was a, a sawzall blade. Uh, that I took to the grinder and ground it down so that it was narrow and I could fit it into uh, in, into the tank slot. And it did it did the job. It wasn't ideal. I'm glad I have the brooch I have now, but um, it, it it got the work done for sure. If you're working on a on a budget, you make that Sawzall blade. Yeah, I've done do some work for sure. And then uh, some needle files, different size needle files. I, I try to have needle files, uh, square needle files, the, like the diameter of my whatever the connection with the tang is. Um, those are really great. And the flat, thin mm. needle files are great. So you can get those kits. You know, it's a kit you get at a hardware store. They'll have a pile of needle files. Those things are really I, – I break them all the time. I just buy a new set. They're, they're, they're very, very thin oh, yeah, yeah. and – but they're great. They're great for the flats of your thing. Hey, you did a perfect, perfect. Yeah. Nothing more to add, sir. Nice. Uh, this next one is from Maximus Knives. He says, "Hey, I got a question. Uh, you're out there. Uh, sorry, you're out on a nice spring day, driving a convertible top down. What song is playing while you cruise? Ooh, Mine oh, is Stranglehold. I'll never be in a." I'll, you'll you will never catch me driving convertible. <laughs> Not for me. But Not for you. I had a friend, my buddy Miles Van Rensselaer, is he's my college roommate and uh and uh he's a awesome glass blower and bronze caster. And he's got a nineteen sixty four Dodge Dart and we used to drive around our college with that. It was awesome. That was awesome. I never I I I, I look like a, such a douchebag driving it though, but it's fine. If I were driving around and I need one song to listen to, without question, without any question, it's going to be Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. If that isn't the best song of all time, I don't know what is. I love Gimme Shelter. That is a fucking awesome song. Gimme Shelter. Rolling Stones. Hmm. I'm just thinking of the mood that I'd be in, you know? Here's why the, uh, one of the reasons in my I'll let you – I'll let you let, Oh, you, are you thinking about it? All right, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Your wind is no, your you hair. Go, I'm thinking. You, okay, you while you're thinking, you I'm just going to tell you why Gimme Shelter is so good and give you guys a little time to figure it out. Gimme Shelter is one of the reasons why it's so great is because Mar- Marty Scorsese, Marty Scorsese, like I know him, Scorsese puts that shit in all, anytime Robert De Niro is coming out of a room, out of a house wearing like his bathrobe and big glasses. They have Gimme Shelters coming on and he's walking around in slow motion or any videos where you see with any movies where you see like Nixon walking out of the White House slow motion. They get Gimme Shelter and it is the best fucking song. Gimme Shelter is the best. Who sings that? Okay, I got one. I got one. Pardon me? Is that a Stones song? Oh, the Rolling Stones. Yes, of course. You kidding me? Greatest band of all time. I don't know the Stones very well. I'm not a greatest band of all time i tried to put a whole thing on my stories with you just using rolling stones it was such a pain in the ass i couldn't do it but it was like i, I can listen <laughs> to rolling stones all day every day all day 
never never ever got into oh, them i'm you know i did a massive either. music fan but i, <laughs> I don't know i just best i mean the, I the, the know, I 70s ones let it bleed sticky fingers exile on main street oh fucking awesome love those guys i've tried i've really tried but no nah, deep nah. man right i think i've got one um i, I don't know if you get if, if you guys know elbow in, in the states whether they actually made it in the states or not i don't know um, but there's this song, um, a, a day like this, um, and I can just picture it because it's it, it's just perfect for the for the situation. You know, you're cruising round and your your hair's going in the wind. Um, yeah, a day like this by Elbow would be pretty cool. That Angela Merkel hair flying. Around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My Merkel. Nice. <laughs> you know, Merkel and the hair is is a bad comedy. Do you know what a Merkel is? I know what a Merkin is. A Merkin, that's that's why I'm getting the <laughs> Mine look more like a Merkin than a Merkel. <laughs> there, that's the that would be unbelievable if there were two hair parts that were Merkel and a Merkin. Merkin. And a Merkel. So do you know what a Merkin is? Mareko? I, I know what a Merkin you know is. What a Merkin is? Not the top. No, All right. no. It's a not the top of my head. <laughs> it's yeah, not exactly. on the top of your head. A Merkin is a pubic toupee. So like if you want to <laughs> I'm telling you, it's. Holy I guess shit. back in the day when those motherfuckers wanted a hat. Seventies Bush. <laughs> no, yeah. not the seventies. We're talking about like the sixteen hundreds. We're talking about those French fuckers who were with their paint, with their makeup and their curls when they wanted to make sure they had a nice bush, and they were afraid of all the lice. They had to make a merkin, which was like a basically a a, a, a pubic. It's a wreath for your dick. <laughs> not for your dick. For your fucking no, up above your dick. It's a it's a it's a it's a merkin. Go look up. <laughs> oh my god, it's big hairy shaft. <laughs> so it's like a hairy cock ring. No, no, no! It's come on. The pubic, the pubic it's area. It's a fucking for your yeah. bush. It's for your bush. <laughs> so so you have a hairy banana. It's... <laughs> I'll wrap it around like a sausage roll. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, back to back to songs. Angela back Merkin. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a day like this by Elbow is mine. What have we got? What have you got, Mareko? Uh I couldn't pick one song from this album, there? but <laughs> Led Zeppelin Two would be my choice. There you go. The That's whole nice. album. Fucking good one. Led Zeppelin would be like, pretty hard to beat. That's a pretty good, damn good oh. one. But yeah, Led Zeppelin no. two, Led Zeppelin. That's one. Of, that's my favorite album from them. No, but what song? I know. I couldn't pick one. Oh, I love the Lemon song though. What's the Lemon song? Oh, well, you just gotta go listen to it. I, what Led Zeppelin song? When I like uh, uh, Baba Rump, Baba Rumba, or whatever the hell that one is. Baba Rumba was that one? Oh, that's one off CSI, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh... You thinking Barn Barnyard R? No, Baba Baba Rumba. What is that one? It's something like that. Baba, ba- oh, it's the one of CSI or something screaming like that, at us in the radio. They're yeah. screaming at us on the podcast. <laughs> Fucking, it's Baba Rumba. Baba Rumba, you asshole. <laughs> you know, I wish we could play music. That would be awesome. To have oh, a, a proper like radio dude, show. I'd love I almost it, did a, it's, a, it's... a, a, a uh, uh, I wanted to do. I wanted to have some Rolling Stones going when I when I was doing one of the. Oh, that would be so great. Mm. All right, yeah. Baba Rumba. Here's the next question. Uh, this comes from Big Forge Blacksmithing. I just bought myself 
Uh, my first decent anvil, upgrading from a 20-pound cast iron to a 150-pound Peter Wright from the mid-1800s in great shape, I might add. What should I do to prep the anvil before using it? What do you think? Silence. Uh, Michael. I don't have anything. All right, well. I don't know. You br- Hopefully it's clean before you even buy it. I mean, most likely you're going to you, – the only thing you're going to do is you want to – what I like is I want – on the if I'm if when I stand on the anvil, I have the horn on my right side. I I for some reason I like to forge that way. Um, I would try to establish one radius on the uh, two radiuses on the front side and the back side. On the uh, if you're if you, the horn is if the horn is on your I'm trying to figure this fucking thing out. All of a sudden, the horn is on your right right. You want one side one radius to be very uh rounded and one radius to be kind of on the crisp side that's really what it, what i would do and i was just trying to i would try to give yourself different uh radiuses on the edges of the anvil so you can make different incisions and stuff like that mm. uh, i think that's what i did that's, that's how i stand yeah that's how i stand all right so that was it that was easy what's next guys Black Lab Customs. Um, can, oh, it's for me. Can Craig cover what's important to have in a web page? Obviously, the product, but should it include personal details or be mostly sterile and to the point? Um, there's there's two ways to go about it, really. I think you need a style and carry that style throughout. Um, not just your web page, but you know your Instagram account, everything that you do. Um, mine is quite sort of story heavy. Um, So, for example, my website is very literally black and white. It's it's color wise. It's black and white. And it's it's focused on and me and my story as opposed to product. Um, I don't have any product on the front page um, because my my theory is I'm selling myself as a maker as opposed to um, the knives in the first place. Um, But everybody's different. and, And I just think you need to. Be consistent with the, with the way you're doing it. So if you want to put your products up front, that's completely fine. Um, but make sure that sort of style is is consistent across all different media that you're using and so on. Um, with regards to sort of semantics of it all, um, you want you want a a short sort of paragraph saying what you make, who you are, what you make, um, rather than just pictures of knives everywhere. You want to make people make sure people know that you're selling these knives. Um, so wrap that in your H1 tag, which will be your, your your sort of main headline for the website. And quite often, Google will pick up the, those H1s as as descriptions and so on. If if you haven't put the right, uh, without getting too technical about it, you know you get metadata and all that kind of stuff. So just make sure you've got a, sh- a short, snappy uh, paragraph saying who you are, what you do, and maybe why your knives are different. Um. And yeah, it's difficult to, to tell people what to put on their website because everybody's different. And and I, I think it, you know it reflects your personality a bit as well. Um, I mean, just I mean, Jeff's for example. Jeff has uh, pictures of his watercolors and so on as well, which all also help him sell the knife. But he's not necessarily selling the watercolors, but he's telling his story and a bit about himself, so people buy into. The... I'll sell. I'll sell. Yeah, I'll sell out. Sell I'll sell the merkin off your face. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, try and find out what makes you different. So give it some thought. Don't just start slapping up pictures of your knives, um, each one with a different background and a different style, because you know, you're not really speaking to anybody specific there. So try and find out, you know, what's unique about you, and and sell that as much as you're selling the knives. 
Um, yeah, that's the only tip I could sort of give, really. Do you have what about you? Do guys? you have any breaking news music? I have literally breaking news right now. Breaking news. Give me you a, get a breaking news jingle. I got breaking news as we speak from Ryan from Broadbeck Ironworks. He sent me a text just now, and this is what he wrote. He says, I am not a guy for words. Broadbeck Ironworks is having a stay-at-home sale. Everything on the website is on sale. No codes necessary. You can, And he goes, you can spice it up if you want. Go fucking spice it up. There you go. So the sale, the sale starts Monday, April 27th, and it ends Sunday, May 3rd. Only items purchased within that time frame are eligible for the sale price. That's not, don't use Knife Talk 5 for the sale price thing. Just stop the nonsense. Don't try to be click cute. But this is literally breaking news as we speak. Ryan from Broadback saying you're having a stay-at-home sale. It's not a stimulate your package sale like I thought it was. Boy, that certainly wasn't the right the right way to go. Stimulus. But uh, the stay-at-home sale, so April 27th through Sunday, May 3rd, everything's going to be discounted. Do not use the code Knife Talk 5 for the discounted stuff. It ain't going to work. And then Knife Talk 5 will resume after the sale. There, there we go. go. Breaking news. Hot off the press. Fucking awesome. Hot off the press. Where were we? Um, oh, yeah. Things that you definitely need on your website. Um, something that I found really important for me over the last sort of 12 to 18 months is have some way of capturing data, get people's email addresses. Um, so put out a newsletter, maybe once every two weeks, once a month, um, because these are people, it's a lot easier to sell via email than it is to, than via any other sort of platform, which you don't have control over. You have control over your email list and it is super important to start building an email list. So yeah, whatever you're using, um, for your website, um, whether you're using the likes of Shopify or Squarespace or Wix or any other, they'll all have the feature on there where you can put up a, a, you know, subscribe to our newsletter kind of thing. Um, match that with something like MailChimp um, to to get your your mails out, and um, you'll find that I'll just be really the conversion rate of emails compared to like a, a tweet or an Instagram post is is just out. You know, it blows it out of the park. So yeah, if you don't have a, a mailing list, consider one. It's super easy to do, and the the uh, the value you'll get from them is incredible. And how mad do you get when people unsubscribe? <laughs> I do. I do check every time I log in. I always check anybody that subscribe. Any, it's like you bastard. You want to? You want to call anybody out? No, 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 no. Not no. any big guys from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I think I sent him a message. You said Sun sent a message. I think I did. Sun sent Forge on some time, and you sent me a message saying. Did what the fucking guy unsubscribed for me? And I was just like, ah, I guess so. What do I know? I, I, don't, I didn't do it. And I said to Sean, I said, I made some com- I made some crack to him. He's just like, what is he checking whether or not I subscribe or not? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. So if you unsubscribe, he's gonna he's gonna burn a hole in that computer with those eyes. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, do you guys have a, a mailing list? Yeah. Ooh, yes. Yeah. They're, they're, I think they're pretty important. I think as time goes on, they're going to be more and more important as we're losing more and more control of our own sort of social feeds. Yeah. Email is something that people will always use, and we've um, got full control. So yeah, if you don't have one, get 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 one going. But don't you know send shit twice a day? 
<laughs> that's how oh, I, no, oh Jesus. No, yeah, that's the that's worst. unsubscribe time. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I put a lot of effort into the, the, the mails that I send out as well, and I think it, it definitely pays off without a doubt. I like so, your yeah, newsletters. I think going. they're very well done. They're, it's almost like a blog. Yeah, and I tried to put in yeah. what I've been up to and that kind of thing, and I tried to put some sort of links to fun stuff as well. It's not just about, you know, trying to sell oh. a knife. And, in fact, most of them I'm not trying to sell anything. Sure. Um, just to keep that relationship going, yeah. you know? And every now and again, you've got something to sell. You, you, hopefully you've got a pre-made right. audience ready for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Idea. There you go. Nice. Here we go. What's next? This next one is from Sheffield Ford. She says, if you could have a beer with any TV show character besides Joe Exotic, Craig, who would it be? <laughs> I know who I would have to drink with. Go ahead. Should I kick it off? Go I ahead. would definitely have a drink with Ron Swanson. From Parks and Rec. That's Nick Offerman uh, in real life. Uh, the character is a, a grump, and but he loves scotch, and uh, and he's a craftsman. And in real life, he seems Nick Offerman seems like a nice guy, and he's also he's a woodworker. Uh, he's got Offerman Workshop. If you don't follow them, you should go check it out. They do a lot of fun projects in there. But that's who I would go with. My buddy Sam so Grobart what... did a a, video, a Lafroig video with him. I think it was Lafroig. And they he did a eating dinner and drinking Lafroig with uh, with Nick Offerman. Mm. He was a he's a New York he was a New York Times uh, video guy, and uh, he said it was nice. a lot of fun. Sure, I believe it. Yeah, we could probably make that happen because he's buddies with J- Jimmy Duresta. So yes, maybe yeah. you got a you got a you got a horn in on Jimmy at Maker Camp in October. <laughs> you butter him up, and maybe we'll make that thing happen. That's exactly what I'll be doing. I'll be, hey, Jimmy. That's yeah. No, you know we're gonna go Bugging slick. Jimmy, but we're gonna be slick because no one listening to this is gonna talk to Jimmy, and we're gonna be slick and we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna get you and Nick Offerman and a bottle of Freud, a couple of Merkins, sure. and we're gonna have some fun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, who have I got? Um, Gervais, Ricky oh. Gervais. Oh yeah. Um, I That's started watching this week um, Afterlife. Um, that the second season has just come online. Uh, and I love the first one. I just started watching that. And it's not a comedy, but he just makes me laugh. Man, I don't know. I just find him hilarious. He's one of those comedians where he doesn't really tell jokes. It's just the way he does things. His delivery is and so good. Yeah, I think, yeah, Ricky Gervais would be That's a, a good time. That's a fucking good one. And I'll tell you what, I, I got, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, my favorite podcasts of all time, I listen to them once a year, are the Ricky Gervais podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, when you God have damn it, yeah. they are good yeah. with the, with a fucking head like a fucking orange. Just Carl. Carl's, I mean that <laughs> whole Carl thing Kinton, yeah. was the goddamn funniest shit. I, I I would laugh so hard, my mo- my wife would get so mad. She's like, Why are you laughing so hard? Like, goddamn, his head like a fucking orange, and it doesn't translate very well. But it's very funny. Yeah. Now I would yeah. say he, the funny thing is, is, I thought about it. I I would have to say Larry David, except for the fact that that would probably be the worst decision of my life. Like having a beer with Larry David would probably be terrible. So I'm going to not say Larry David. And if it's a television character, um, because, you know, he would be awful. I mean, you'd think it'd be funny, but he'd be awful. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a good, that's a good question. Now, now I'm all foot clumped. I don't know. Television character. Okay. You have a think and I'll play this. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! 
Okay. <sighs> you know, I still would say, you know, the if you listen, my daughter and I have been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it's so much fun. I love it when 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 Larry David is with Richard Lewis, and they're together. The two of them together make me laugh so hard. But you can't have a drink with Richard Lewis because he's going to talk about how much he doesn't drink. So, I, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, I'm going to try to horn my way into that Ricky Gervais, into that Ricky Gervais beating. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to sit. You gate crash. I think I'm going to gate crash the Ricky Gervais one because that would be fun. Or Howard Stern. Mm. Uh, I don't think that would be fun either. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Gonna... Uh, Howard Stern would be awful too. He's just like, he just, yeah. you don't want to be with him. But, uh, like, yeah, I guess I'd just I'd sit sit back and with you and Ricky, and two haircuts. You guys have very okay. similar haircuts. We we both got a Derek cut, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, shall we? You you guys look down the list and pick one more each, okay. um, and then we'll move on, and I'll come up with uh, one we've got here. Okay, T Mac four hundred one CD singles or audio. We did that singles. one already. We did this last week. We did it last week. <laughs> Okay. Um, can you use too much oil for quenching? And that's from Caleb four four three three three. We've done that one. No, we didn't. Too. Did we? We touched oh. on it. Okay, let's go through it. Um, can you too too much oil for quenching? Um, I didn't think so, and I've got a huge, huge tank full of oil. Mm. Um, but I've been told since that maybe that's not a good thing. Um, Doesn't so, it matter the um, temperature of maybe, the oil? Maybe you can. Um, I mean, that was the whole point of getting a big tank for me, so I could do a bunch of bunch of knives all at once. Um, but yeah, apparently it's it's. I, I can't remember why somebody said it wasn't a good idea. Now, interesting. I would have yeah, assumed it was remember. a good idea, especially for large batches. Me too. I would think as long yeah. as the temperature is correct, you're not overheating it, and you just have. I mean, it doesn't really matter the amount. I mean, if the temperature is the same. Yeah, I can't. That that was always my thought, you know. The the, the more is it's, it's going to be less liable to heat up if you're doing plenty of knives. But somebody told me it, I, I shouldn't be, and I can't remember why. Maybe it's a safety thing, and if to catch fire, you've got a lot of oil catching fire. Oh, you're going to catch know. that oil on fire. You got that oil. You got to be fucking hot. <laughs> you got yeah, a big, mm, big old yeah. ball of ball of fire. So that so that the answer to that is I don't think so. But <laughs> in the back of my mind. You shouldn't. I can't tell you why. Is that a good answer? answer? Just if you got too much oil, congratulations. You know, why don't you get to a couple of smaller tanks and boom, recycle them, through, cycle through them. There we go. What a terrible. Well, answer. it's not the. I mean, no offense, but it isn't the greatest question either. It's like, what, is there such thing as having too much money? Like, no. Well, yes, but no. You know, fine. Some some might say yes, some might right. say no. There we go. What have you got? Anything? Uh, this one comes from Paulus Jan Coolis. Okay, so you forge your blade and it's close to dimension. How do you mark the center line on the edge if there's no true flat spots on the forged blade? I've heard this one a lot from from our people, Mareko. I don't know. He can't if it's straight and you forged it correctly. You don't need you don't need a, a center line anyway, right? Well, I mean, it, I understand where he's coming from because he, uh, the thickness at the edge can vary a little bit from heel to tip. Um, and my the way I do it is I actually start by grinding before I try to sight down the edge at all. I try to grind at least one flat side. I ultimately 
don't do any uh, center line scribing. I just do it all by eye. Um, but if I were to try to scribe a center line of any kind, I'd, I'd have to try to grind at least one side flat, but ultimately after heat, after heat treating and forging, you can't get away with that because it's going to want to warp and wiggle all over the place. You got to grind some of that off and try to get to some, um, consistent thickness, whether it's a 16th of an inch or whatever along the edge. And at that point you you have a better chance of scribing a center line. Um, I, I don't have much better advice than that because I do everything by eye. That's kind of the nice part about forging too, is you're, you're, there's, I mean, you can put a caliper on something like that, but there is this human quality, this human touch to it. That is the greatest part. I mean, you can't measure your hammer hits, you know, it's not like you can say when you hit with the hammer, only use this much pressure. You know, there is a degree of the one, the nicest things is it's not, you're not a machinist. You're, 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 there's, you're expressing your, the human ability when you're forging. And, you know, sometimes you don't have to put a, you know, mic on it. You know what I'm saying? That's what I like yeah. about it. It's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of humanity. Is, are you guys, are you guys capturing the sounds of my stomach? Cause yeah, I can hear that. No, I was wondering if it was me. <laughs> no, it's my fucking stomach is like it's going nuts. I don't know. I haven't eaten <laughs> All that COVID-19 is ready to explode. Yeah. <laughs> Riddled. Riddled. Uh-huh. Riddled. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got, Moray? Any, any outstanding questions there, Moray? Yeah, oh, I got... Tackling. I'll just take the on this next one from Peter Schaefer. He says, hey, guys, so I have a question about decarb. How do you determine when... Oh, Jesus. The notes just jumped on me. <laughs> I lost it. Where'd it go? Uh... There it is. Okay. How do you determine when you have, uh, when you've ground through the decarb on a blade and is there a thicker layer of decarb on forge knives than on stock removal? I want to know everything regard regarding decarb. Uh, well, I think experience will teach you the most. Um, but I, I would, I would say a safe bet is to account for at least 20 thousandths of an inch, especially on a forged blade. If you're trying to really get through all the decarb and it's Damascus, if it's, if it's mono steel, it's not as uh, important to get through all the decarb, but on Damascus, you definitely have to get through all the decarb, uh, especially if you're going for a clean look, um, because otherwise you'll have these weird blotchy patches of decarb material showing up in your Damascus etch. And it looks frosty, right? Like a frosty. Yeah, white. frosty. Yeah, and like like a coarse crystally kind of looking, like oh, it's weird to just it's hard to describe. Um, and then on mono steel, I would imagine if you're if you're, uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine on mono steel, it's it's a lot less. The decarb's a lot less, um, because you know you're just not spending so much time at high forging temperatures. Um, um, you're just doing basically the the minimal uh, heat treating to get the blade hard. Oh, drink, drink. So, <laughs> um, so people yeah, are gonna get fucked up if they play the fucking hard drinking game. <laughs> they're gonna be in drink. the ground. They're gonna be fucking toes up. <laughs> yeah, toes up. Do we have to officially um, not endorse the drinking game? Yeah, look, people are <laughs> drinking fucking clear Clorox and off uh, and Lysol too. What, we gotta, what else we got? We got to tell everybody to do everything. Come on, man. <laughs> Whatever. Gets Shoving you fucking flashlights up their ass. 
huffing on a fucking Lysol bottle. Decap, what what have you Nothing. got, Jeff? It's fine. He did what he did was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, you know, with stock removal stuff, it comes out of the even heat. I do a full <laughs> flat anyway, so it's all gone. But talking about even heats, I made an even cool this week. Oh yeah. So um, I, I I've been moving stuff around in the, in the shop here and I'm finding better spaces for stuff. And I've always had this big this big fridge um, in the in in the shop where I brew beer and I, and I got a tap on it and stuff, and it was always quite handy. Um, but over time, it's sort of been overtaken with knife making stuff um, rather than making beer. So I slapped a, a heater in there, um, like a garden heater, um, mm. and the fridge part still works as well. So then I made I made one months and months ago with like an Arduino and bits of electronics where it would switch off the heater and the fridge to keep, you know, I could dial in the temperature that I wanted. It was always a bit scrappy because it was wires hanging out and all sorts. So I thought, right, let's make this look decent. So um, hence the even cool. So basically it, it, I can dial in a temperature um, to do a number of things. So if I'm just day to day, it's set at 23 degrees C where I keep all of my wood, um, all of my scale material. Uh, so I know it's going to be dry. Um, there's no moisture getting to it. It's going to be clean and at a nice temperature, ready to use immediately. So there's not going to be any shift with temperature when I go to use it. Um, 23 degrees is also a brilliant temperature for storing epoxies and resins. My stomach is gurgling so loud, I can't even stand it. <laughs> keep going. If you just hear, you can. if you can't hear it, it's crazy. I can hear it. I can hear it. Yeah. Anyway, yes, 23 degrees, perfect for storing um, your epoxies and resins. Um, If you're not storing your epoxies at a stable temperature around about that, you could be in trouble because they will lose their sort of potency. Um, Especially, I mean, my shop here, in the winter, it gets to below minus degrees C, and in the summer, it can get up to 50 degrees C, and those variations can really screw with your resins and make them not not effective. So try to keep them um, a a stable, steady temperature around about 23 degrees C. So that allows me to do that. Um, Things like casting, um, I generally want to cast it at about 30 degrees, so I can just bump it up to 30 degrees, and it's all good. And when I do want a cold beer and I want to brew beer and put beer back in, I can just bring the temperature back down to sort of five degrees. So it holds temperature perfectly um, with regards to, you know, between zero and 50 degrees C, I suppose. Um, the even cool, not affiliated with the even heat. Cease and desist. It does look cool. It does look cool next to the even heat. <laughs> the letters are coming. Yeah, I was expecting a message from the same. What the hell do you think <laughs> uh, you do? Even he, <laughs> listen, if you want to talk about a good family, the even heat guys are about as good as it gets. They good, are good dudes. Guys. Good dudes. Shout out to good my guys. boys over at Even Heat. Yeah. So whilst Jeff's uh, belly is it's doing what he's doing. Hey, cuties. What's the best thing you've had in your mouth this week? Oh, we're going back to that, mm-hmm. huh? If you like me, you've been obs- obsessing over food all week um, just because there's not much else to obsess about. Um Marco, what's the best thing you've eaten this week? Uh, actually, I'm on board with the ice cream train with your with your mom, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> one of the last trips my wife made to the grocery store, she she grabbed some ice cream while she was at Costco, and, and I don't know who makes this. You know, they have like the white glove ice cream; it's Kirkland signature brand. But somebody, whoever makes it. They're killing it because it's literally the best ice vanilla ice cream I've ever eaten in my life. And something I like to do is uh, I'll make a balsamic reduction. 
and uh, I'll drizzle a little With ice cream. Yeah, oh, it's very, fuck yeah, it's very high level. It's so good. Uh, balsamic reduction over vi- just plain vanilla ice cream, as best as you can find, and it's incredible. It's so good. I would that would definitely Trying give me diarrhea. <laughs> Don't yuck my yum, motherfucker. I'm not gonna. I'm saying you. I'm saying me. I'm not saying it's. I've heard it before. I know it's very Italian to do that. It's very Italian to do that. Yeah, it's a big Italian thing. They love to do that. But like, I I once ate a a quart of uh, Gardeneria. You know the pickled vegetables. I was walking from the Lower East Side. I had to run home. I I had to run home. It was like I mean, it cleared me the fuck out. So I, I I get real. I love vinegar. I love pickles and stuff like that. But I gotta be like, remember mm. that time? You almost shit oh. your pants. You remember that time? Can, <laughs> so I gotta be careful. I, drink, I don't want to, you know. I can drink vinegar straight from the bottle. Uh, it's, I, I love vinegar. God bless you, but you're gonna slough <laughs> off your colon out into the toilet bowl. I've never had problems like that. So I don't know. Hey, what's the best? It, thing, what's the best thing you had in your mouth there, Craig? Ah. Uh. I've been craving um, for weeks now. I, my wife and I, we don't eat like junk food much. You know, we don't we don't go out to you know fast food restaurants much anyway. But because we haven't been able to, I've been craving like KFC. You know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And Is that something you oh, have handy there? Um, yeah, they have them in France. Yes, oh. yeah, yeah. All right, all over Europe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially the gravy. I love their gravy. <laughs> What? It's dirty. It's <laughs> dirty as hell. It's proper dirty gravy. Uh, but um, brown so I, think I, I need. Yes, right. I know. I know so it's, it's wrong. The, I know it's wrong. My pants. Go ahead. Right. I know it's wrong. But um, I thought, right, we need to. I need to sort of make some in the house. So I didn't have, obviously, you know, the Colonel's special ingredients. Um, but did a good job. And uh, we don't fry stuff here, really. So it was baked as well. But it, it tasted like a, like a fried chicken. So I used I used cornflakes. Um, and lots of herbs and stuff for the for the coating. Nice. Um, but I made the gravy as well, and the gravy was just like it's just all butter basically. It's all butter and chicken stock reduced right down with lots of flour, um, and it was incredible. It tasted like KFC. It tasted healthier. I didn't feel you know immediately after. I didn't you know feel as if I disgusted with myself. Um, it was a big hit. So I think that's going to become a, a regular in the house. Oh, nice. um, Craig's Fried Chicken. P.S. KFC has got a line around the block all the time. And the drive through window at the KFC in our area is, like, packed. You can't get to the ATMs, and you can't get to the fucking KFC. Are they still open, the, the, the KFC. fast food restaurants? Well, for takeout. All of it's yeah, takeout. So they're, they're they're killing a bunch of chickens. <laughs> they're putting it in the fryer, and they're serving it up in buckets. <laughs> you know? See, there's nothing like that open here at all. It, the, the streets are just closed. Right, Everything you, is closed. You guys down. are probably going to be. Crazy. You guys are probably going to be out of quarantine faster than us. Hmm. I'm, what can you say? Possibly. No, gotta eat something. But anyway, Craig's fried chicken, which was actually baked, not fried. It was. It was. It was good. What about I you, Jeff? made pretzels, and then I made a bacon, egg, and cheese with the pretzel. That was fucking good. But I'm really looking forward to um, a friend of mine is uh, Elon Hall. He was the the first winner of um, Top Chef, the first season of Top Chef. A good buddy of mine. He's an old Oriole guy. He actually he used to work. He was one of the cooks under uh, my partner Tony, um, and he's an awesome dude. Good, great follow, Elon Elon Hall, and he made a tart to tan. 
And my dad used to make tarte tans all the time, and I'm very looking forward to today. I got all this stuff. I got a nice uh, package of apples from my friends at the Birdsell House, and we're going to make tarte tan. You know about tarte tan? Nice. You basically just oh, make yes, a, yeah. a caramel sauce, and then you lay your apples nicely down into the caramel sauce, and then in, in the frying pan, and then you lay a, a puff pastry over the top, and you shove it in the oven, and then you let it go to, until the puff pastry is baked, and then you pull it out of the oven, and you flop it over. I'm gonna make that. I'm looking forward to making that today. My family's fired up. I can't taste anything, but other than that, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been able to taste anything for a couple of days now. Once you, once you've done one with apples, try it again with either plums or apricots. We used to, when I was in culinary really school, white off. peaches. There was a big white peach craze, and this is you know like mm. twenty plus years ago. So we were we we tried all that stone fruit and stuff like that. My dad used to make tart tans with uh, pears and stuff like that. So. We yeah. used to we used to eat the hell out of those. I'm looking forward to making that. Nice pictures. Nice. I have nice. been having fun loading my highlights up with uh, step by steps, and and it's it's mm. it, I've gotten a lot of people to a lot of people have been reaching out saying, "Oh, this I got to try this. This looks like fun." And and it's you know getting people to cook not you know that's that is the number one problem in this country is that, that that most people do not know how to cook. So it is it is nice to see people learning how to cook and trying to figure out. And with all you knife makers, if you want to make culinary knives, you should know how to cook. So it's nice to be, you know, people get fired up when you make something that looks good. And I'm, I am enjoying that. I'm enjoying doing that. So. Nice. Nice. Shall we call that I show? got a great beef. I got a great beef. Okay, let's do it. We got beef. So this is the episode. This is the time of the episode where we where we voice our grievances, and I know we're running late, but this is I, this happened two hours after we did our podcast last week. Every day uh, we walk our dogs, and everybody's walking their dogs. It, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, and it's only, it's great for the exercise, but it's also great because it keeps the dogs tired. So it's not. So we all get together, put our masks on, and and we're very careful walking in the park. So in the park in Peekskill, they, they close everything down. They put ropes around the playgrounds. And then uh, we used to go on the tennis courts with our dogs because it was, you know, gated. No one was there. The dogs run around the courts and, you know, we pick up after them and we have to clean and stuff like that. But somebody complained that there were people on the tennis courts and for social distancing, they shouldn't be that. So they actually took all the basketball hoops off the the hoop course uh, of the basketball courts, which is great because, you know, you, you can't even, you know, you can't, they can't even play basketball, but then they locked up all the tennis courts. So they locked them up and we're like, all right, well, that's the way it is. So we were walking one day, all the three of us, and there was this family of four and they all had tennis rackets and they were walking uh, behind us. And, and there was this very nice waspy family. I mean, not when I say nice, I'm just like this waspy family from Westchester, you know, two daughters and the, the, the father, it was like a very, you know, they were like, you know, the tennis club was closed and they're going to go play in the public courts. And I'm turning to my wife and I'm like, they're going to be so mad. And they're walking a far way to get those tennis courts. And, they, and I'm like, they are going to be so bad. They're going to be so disappointed when they see those, those locks, the, the gates are locked up. Let's just, I want to see, this is going to make me laugh. I'm I'm just being a piece of shit right now, but it still entertained the shit out of me <laughs> thinking I want to see the looks on their face with their tennis rackets. So then they, they walk and walk and walk and they're getting closer and I turn to my wife and this is going to be great. This is going to be fucking great. They're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> they walk past the gate and there was this hole in the fence 
it was the bottom of the hole was two and a half feet off the ground. And it was like, it was a chain link fence. It looked like they cut, somebody cut uh, this, you know, vagina shaped hole in the, in the fence. And all of a sudden these motherfuckers started crawling through the fence and we're standing there like, are you kidding me? This family is standing there. They're all shoving their kids through this hole in the fence to play tennis. My daughter in that tight white shirt. In the shoe, I'm hoping shorts. the oh. I'm hoping their pants are going to rip off. I'm hoping someone's going to fall. I'm I'm dumbfounded that they found this hole. And it wasn't even like on the bottom of the floor. It was in the middle. You had to like lift your leg and through the hole. And my daughter was pissed. And she's like, "Is that? and my wife was like, no, this isn't right. And we're like, what should we do? And this is what we did. I said, we're going to keep walking because we are not rats. I'm not calling the police. I'm not calling the I am a fucking New Yorker. We do not rat people out. However, I was praying that the police were going to come because I wanted to see them run out through that fucking hole like a bunch of scurrying rats. <laughs> My daughter was pissed. She's like, I can't believe it. My, my wife was with these normal looking people are scurrying through holes to play fucking the, the dumb sport of tennis. Like Shawshank. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like they had done it before, clearly. And I said to my daughter, I'm like, we are not rats. I'm not a snitch and I'm not a rat. Let them, I let them do live their life. Doesn't affect us. Boom. And then it was this, you know, nice white family. And then the next day we came through and a, and a family of black, a black family was doing the same thing. And I said to my daughter, I'm like, see, we're not racist. We're keeping our mouths shut. <laughs> they shoved, they shoved the baby through the hole and they throw the whole family through the hole oh, to play this tennis. And I said to my daughter, I'm like, see, equal opportunity. You're on your way to a clan meeting and you just, you just. No, I'm yeah. saying I don't rat black or white. I'm no snitch. <laughs> Faders are not snitches. God bless you. <laughs> you people are going to crawl through a hole to play this dumb game of tennis. God bless you. I'm not saying a word. Your secret is safe with me. <laughs> but it was funny because we were so mad at the audacity of this family to crawl through a hole to play tennis. Ah, fuck you. There you go. Jesus. Crazy. What have you got, uh, Morocco? Any beefs? Beefs? Mm. <laughs> I must say beefs. Any beef? Beefs. No beefs. beefs. Just Merkins. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, I got nothing right now. Do you know, I found that I've had a, um, a better outlook on people because I haven't been around people. So uh, <laughs> people haven't been around me to piss me off. So, you know, so I, I haven't really got any beefs, but I have noticed that I, I'm generally thinking better of people. Simply because I'm not around. Go listen to owner. Go find owner Caglars. <laughs> Watch his viral video and see how much better he feel about people. <laughs> Will do. Will do. Is that on YouTube? He or? put it on Facebook and it's been shared a million times. I don't know how you get a hold of it. He even right. put it on his Instagram feed, but it was like he got blown up. He got blown up. It was funny. <laughs> He's calling everybody and everything and, you know, take your 80% and stay home and all that. And it's great. Really nice. funny. He's nice. wearing the best part. Is he's wearing. A show. A, I'm sorry. He's wearing a Simpsons shirt. And the best part is, watch the video. He's got all the characters of the Simpsons on the shirt, but Millhouse's dad, who has never really done anything on that show, is staring at you while he's yelling at you. So we, when owners owners yelling at you, watch Millhouse's dad just staring at you, saying, "Yeah, yeah." What do you say <laughs> with him? <laughs> Great. Right there, we go. There we go. Um. You get back to bed, Jeff. Um, your riddled body. 
And um, we shall speak to you all very soon. Uh, I've got a confession to make as well, actually. Um, we've got a, an episode in the bag, which Mareko's already done, but I've just been, well, too lazy to put it up, to be honest with you. Um, so it's, that's going to be up on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Um, and t- tell everybody about that episode, Mareko. Yeah, so the conversation is with Dan Keffler. He's a world champion uh, cutting competition uh, gentleman. He's also a knife maker. Uh, he's a chiropractor. We go through, a, we cover a lot of ground, talking about swords especially and uh, blade performance, heat treatment, uh, geometries, also kind of some body mechanics to help knife makers uh, and bla- and bladesmiths. Uh, yeah, it's a really good conversation. I I learned a lot about him, uh, and I for me personally, there was a lot of good takeaways. I feel like. Uh, it was a good conversation. He's a good guy, and uh, I look forward to everybody hearing it because uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good info and info you, in there for everybody else. And you interviewed Kasumi Kev too, right? I did, yeah. I got that one. Right. Look at you. Well, that was kind of a nightmare because <laughs> my connection kept just dropping oh. out. So Does he I might sound have to like, do some editing before it gets to, before it gets to credit. Does he sound like, <laughs> is he sound like the uh, psychopath that we, we know him as? No, no, he's <laughs> he seemed pretty level-headed. It was All a good right. conversation. We did we did a lot of restaurant talk. Uh, we talked about stone sharpening a lot, and uh, and just like cutting performance of chef's knives. There yeah. you go. Cool. Well, we got forty seconds to to burn to get to two hours. All right. So why don't you give so, us our dreams? We don't have any dreams. Okay, let's do them. I'm hoping that, uh, I mean, we all feel pretty good. So I'm hoping that, uh, oh, here's what I'm hoping for. I'm looking forward to this. This is a great dream. We're filling out the paperwork uh, based on when we get our uh, paperwork results back uh, for the testing. We're we're looking forward to, we're going to be donating our plasma. So my wife and daughter and I are going to do all whatever the fine print is and whatever the rules and regulations are. We are looking forward to, because we've all had COVID-19 and we're all doing better, we're going to donate plasma that will help other people feel better, and we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Nice. Very nice of you. Um, what have you got, Mareko? I don't get Green-wise. any hearts. I don't get my own hearts. Yeah. Um. Oh, you do? <laughs> Uh, I'm actually I'm looking forward to getting some more videos up and footage taken um, and everything going as smoothly and hopefully quicker as well. Um, So, yeah, just filming stuff to share, help people, give people a good reason to stay home. Nice. I'm hoping that I can get some work done to this house this week. So um, I've got big plans. We're going to be painting shutters and windows, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm hoping I can get through that. Simple as that, really. Very good. Nothing too Very taxing. Good. That's a show. We've gone over nice. two hours. There we go. Two hours, one minute. I'm fine. Nice. Seven seconds. So thank you all for listening. Um, there will be another show going up on Wednesday of this week with Morocco single track. Um, stay safe, and we shall speak to you all very, very soon. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. 
Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.